You're watching the Desert Moon Hockey Podcast with Matt and Rich. Welcome back to episode 19 of the Desert Moon Hockey Podcast. Today, Richard, stop. I don't care. I don't care. Stop. No one wants to talk to you today. So, first and foremost, I got to leave with this. I'm tired of Arizona sports teams choking away leads. This little championship ring for the Rattlers, I don't care anymore. I'm so Whoa. done. <laughs> I'm not renewing my season tickets next year. And I actually want season <laughs> to go over this year. Anyway, but there was one good thing to come out of that Rattlers embarrassing loss to the Northern Arizona homeless people. And that was the beautiful uh, thing you see behind me. So <laughs> months ago. Months and months ago, I ordered a customized AZ Sports Guy Rattlers jersey. I forget how much it was. I'm just going to say 130, just because I, I don't remember. Then, uh, apparently, there was a fire at, at wherever they make these jerseys. So it's like, oh, hey, we're just going to cancel all the orders, refund it. I was depressed, but fine. Took my money back. I, I think I bought a, another Coyotes jersey because I, I had an addiction at that time. So, Skip ahead months, all the way up to yesterday. My wife, my brother-in-law, and I are all walking around the concourse around halftime. It is actually the team shop right next to the door that we entered in. But it was raining. We got in, didn't care, and started running around. So, get to our seats, whatever. Walking by this team shop later, and I just I look over at the wall, and I see number 18, and I see AZ Sports Guy. And I'm just staring at this, like, it's, it's not quite comprehending. I'm like, that's my jersey. That's that that is my YouTube channel. What what is this? And I, I got it back at a discount. So apparently it still got made. They still shipped a couple of the customized jerseys. Mine was one of the couple that got shipped. But instead That's of contacting me, asking if I wanted to buy it back, hey, are you still interested? Which I would have done in a heartbeat because it's it's a vanity project. I now I have a customized jersey. Bastards, you can't take it away from me. I just I run up. I'm like, that's my jersey. I start taking pictures. I'm like, that's awesome. Can I buy it back? And I got it. Oh, my, my wife bought it for me. Thank you very much, honey. Uh, it was only ninety bucks, so I ended up getting it on a discount back, only because like they were trying to get rid of it because no one else wanted to buy it. And my brother-in-law, <laughs> like, I still cannot comprehend that happened. But my brother-in-law agreed that it probably would have been funnier if somebody would have bought the jersey. And while at a Rattlers game, I just ran into him and like, wait a. Second. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been hilarious. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, now that you have that sorry. out of your system, are you good? Are you good? You, you happy? No, you good? no, because the Rattlers still lost. But oh, hey, okay. <laughs> well, as you may know, because you guys heard him just a second there, we do have a guest on on this week's episode. This is uh, Shane Doan episode, episode 19 of the podcast. Uh, Mark, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Uh, firstly, yeah, guys, thank you so much for having me. Matt, Richard, I appreciate you guys. I'm looking forward to a great podcast. Looking forward to some good stories and some good takes. Uh, my name is Mark. I'm from Toronto. I love hockey. I love sports. Um, and I love the Oats. Leafs are my first team. I'm not going to lie. I'm a diehard Leafs fan. They're built in my heart. But the Oats are there. I, I, I have a love for small market teams, and specifically Arizona. I love the state. I love the weather. I love the low income tax, um, and I I always I always loved you know as a kid I've always loved the Coyotes. Shane Jones is one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, Redeem Verbata again I'm a little younger than you guys so Redeem Verbata again you, you know just me growing up that um those guys Mike Ribeiro these are my guys uh, I remember growing up with Ilya Verzgalov what a legend yeah. so I've mm. always uh, I've always you know Arizona's always a special place for me I've always loved the Oats and. Uh, 
Always will. I really like, they're my team in the West. They're my merch in the West. That's what I got. That's what I rep. Man, I, right. I never thought I would say this on American soil, but the Canadian is based. <laughs> <laughs> the Canadian, I, I'm surprised. So I just, I want to hop. Oh, wait, uh, before, uh, did you uh, shout out some plugs? Do you have uh, some plugs that you'd like to shout out? Oh, in Arizona? Oh uh, no, no no! Just like um, any social medias or podcasts or things like that. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Don't worry. I'm okay. all good. I'm all good. All right. I'm, I'm with you guys. Don't worry. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. I'm gonna get right into the hard hitting question because, uh, as our viewers may know, we we go we we go back at Canada. So so Canada, we we have a a love hate relationship. As Matt knows, I put uh, Toronto in at the Stanley Cup Finals. And cool. I had the Flames there, and I believed that the Flames might actually win it all. Uh, Toronto would just squeak out a loss just at the very end because I felt like Markstrom was a excellent goaltender, and I still do believe he has an ex- excellent goaltender. But we do have some disagreements from the border to the north. Uh, a lot of them portray the Coyotes as a very dysfunctional franchise. Uh, in immediate need to be relocated to Houston. Uh, let's see. There's just so much more. What is your general feeling about the Coyotes? I know that you you, you just said that you, you do love the Coyotes, so there might be some bias there. But how do you feel the Coyotes are portrayed in uh, your market, your media, um, and whatnot? Hey, so, uh, Richard, that's a great question. So there's a, it's, it's a lengthier answer. I'm going to touch on a few points. Uh, obviously, yeah. I want to shout out my buds, the Leafs, give them some love in a minute. But uh, let's start with the first question you asked me and then get to the point about the Leafs and the flip. I'll start like this. I believe that the Arizona Coyotes deserve to stay in Arizona for yeah. numerous reasons. And it fundamentally starts off with the small market. I, we, uh, we, we spoke about this briefly right before we went live. Gary Bettman, to me, is not someone that I'm in love with as a commissioner of the NHL. I don't love that. I don't, I don't love him as a commissioner. I, I, so it's funny you're saying that. I actually think Gary Bettman does not like Canadian teams. He dislikes because he knows how successful the NHL is there. He doesn't feel a need to invest as much as he should because, every, because of the 40 million people in Canada, everybody loves hockey and everyone adores their teams. If you're from Saskatchewan, you might go for Calgary, Edmonton. You know, like geographically, it doesn't matter where you're from. If your province doesn't have a team, you still love the team next door. You know, like every Ontario is a huge province, right? Just for those viewers in the States that aren't familiar, a province is similar to a state, just Canada has 10 provinces and it's a much, you know, it's a much, much more land. But to Ontario, I live in Toronto, right? You can drive six hours, seven hours north, still be in Ontario and you'll find diehard Leafs fans six, seven hours away. So Gary feels that he doesn't have to invest the game as much as he does in the States, which he's right. But at the end of the day, like, your loyal fans, you got to give them more love. Like, you know, like, I think the draft in Montreal, I'm sure we'll touch on it later, and I just want to start with that. Like, that's something that was amazing. Like, that was an amazing event for hockey. Like, it was good to see hockey back in the center of the hockey universe between Toronto and Montreal. And you see, you know, like, these smaller markets, as they're so-called, like Calgary and Edmonton and Winnipeg, specifically those three, I'll get to Ottawa in a minute, and I know you want to touch on it later. Like, they, these guys, like, they're, they're, yes, they're small markets. They're sold out every night. These guys, these players walk in the streets, they're adored, they're loved. So that's what I want to, that's the first thing I wanted to bring out is that like, I don't think, I think from Gary, from Gary does great things. Gary does not great things. One of the not things, one of the not great things he does is show the Canadian people some love. 
Um, that's why they always want to fire him. And that's why they always, you know, because it started when the booing started. I, I actually, I read this. I can't confirm, confirm this, but I believe the booing started of the Stanley Cup ceremony in 1993 when the Habs won. The last Canadian team to win a cup. I believe that's when it was. So it's just funny it started then and it's gone all the way till now with the drafts and everything. It all started from the Canadian teams because there is some frustration. Um, and yeah. But regarding the Arizona point, so Gary Bettman of the uh, of the he does he has some amazing qualities as a commissioner as a leader, and one of them being is recognizing the potential for a small market team to blossom into a big market. There's many examples you can look at Nashville when Nashville is rocking out. Players want to play there. Vegas is a Vegas is an obvious answer to that. Seattle is an answer that's going to be coming over the next few years. Um, teams like Dallas, right? I I, I do I do think there should be another. Team in Texas, I think there's too big of a market there. There's too the population's too big to not have a second hockey team there, especially when you look at other sports like baseball, where you have the Strohs, where you have the Rangers, where you look at football, where you have the Texans, and you have the uh, Cowboys, and you look at basketball. You have the, the basketball, actually, right? But but my point being is that like in basketball, you have the Rockets and the Mavericks, right? Like you, hockey's the only sport and the sport that needs the most because hockey. Their, their whole identity is they want to grow more in the States. They want USA Hockey to be a bigger thing, as, 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 better, as good as it's getting, by the way. We'll get to that, too, I'm sure, later. So that being said, I believe that having Arizona stay there and letting them blossom into the what they become with a good ownership that they just brought in. I will talk about Marulo later. later. He's a great owner. You can tell already the fundamental things that he's doing for his players and his team and bringing leadership like Billy Armstrong. And um, I think that's a huge thing. And I think this new arena... We're all praying that it gets done. We're all praying that it gets approved because it could be something really special, like the whole district of Tempe. I'm not geographically, I don't know Arizona so well because I've never been there. I've seen many pictures. I have a couple of good friends that live there. Um, and it looks like the potential is there. And the fans are there. Guys like you, the fans are there. So I, I really, really believe that the NHL, should they move to Houston? No, obviously not. Should they bring a team in? Should they expand to 34? I think 34 will be the match to expand to. I think Quebec City deserves a team. And I think Houston deserves a team. And you stop it there and let the NHL thrive. That's where I think you stop at. Will that come down the road? We'll see. When Gary's done, you know, Gary's already, I think, 72 years old or something. So I don't know what he's got left in the tank, lower 70s. So uh, I, 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 that's what I think. I think Houston deserves a team. I think the West deserves a team. We can talk about that later if you guys want. I'm sorry for the lengthy answer, but that's how I feel. No, it's a great answer. I really appreciate great it. Answer, honestly. Yeah. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna toss it over to you, Matt. Uh, do you have any questions or? Well, I, I just I really wanted to uh, just I have to get a little bit of hate in here because as much as I loved your arguments, I honestly don't uh, inherently disagree with any of the logic or anything like that. Uh, F Quebec and F Houston because the amount of their fans that have harassed <laughs> us, I don't but, want them to get teams hey, for so hey, hey, Matt. Matt. Matt, Matt, no, so you just, I, I, I get what you're saying for sure, but I just want you to understand, nothing to do with the Yotes. I'm, the Yotes are staying. I saw, every petition I see, I sign, and I'm up from there. <laughs> and I always get, like, every petition, you know, the 10 I'm signing everything. I'm an American citizen. I'm an American citizen, so I, uh, <laughs> no, but real talk, like, real talk, like, I just think, if you're talking from a marketing standpoint, I think those yeah. two cities, as, yeah. as, as expansion franchises, would really benefit the NHL, and, as a Leaf fan, I just pray and pray every year that the cap could just go to where it was supposed to be. Well, I'll touch on that. Well, again, we'll touch on that, I'm sure, a little bit later about Kyle Dubas. I want to talk about that a little bit. But uh, regarding the Yotes, like that new arena looks beautiful. Um, they want to add a practice facility to that. They want to have concerts there. Well, they want to build residential buildings. 
they want to. I'm, I'm not again. I'm not 100 um, percent. It's 13 with everything, just because geographically, I don't know Arizona as well. But I'm, they want to read you the lake or something there to make it beautiful. Like that's but, what a vibe that'll be. What a city that place will be. That place will be popping, right? Like that'll be amazing if they read you that lake. You know the lakefront, the malls, the residential suites, everything. The jobs they want to create, the energy they want to produce. Like that, to me, it's a no brainer that 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 thing gets through. I don't. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The only one downside is the traffic, and I'm pretty sure with a couple of years of planning, they can find a solution. Uh, exactly. I don't know how great the solution would be, but I just know that if if everyone wants to get it done, and I'll just go ahead and say it right here, same thing with any other business venture. If the party that wants to build on the land is willing to invest a little more, I guarantee a solution could could be found there. Right, and I don't want to hear that BS from the airport. That was ridiculous from Sky Harbor. <laughs> Oh, yes. Just get rid of the residential, and Sky Harbor can't really complain anymore. From, from what I yeah. understand of their arguments, it was, oh, this and this about residential and that, whatever. I'm like, okay, so just cut that. Because, like, hotels, you can still have those on there. It's not considered residential. Uh, there's different regulations. But I'm like, okay, just get rid of the luxury apartments or whatever and put something, exactly. like, community-driven. Just I, I would do it cynically just to appease the council, but at the same time, if it benefits more people, hey, that's that's good no matter what. Well, well, the problem with that is that the RFP, which is the what they wanted to do with the land, um, they purposely wanted to put high-density residential there. So I don't think uh, Tempe wants to concede on that point regardless. I think they want it. And to be honest, uh, if this turns messy and goes to lawyers, uh, Sky Harbor is only going to lose because they signed the documents that... Uh, that Tempe is following, and by those documents, Tempe has all rights to put that high-density residential there. Exactly. Density, no. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, also, I think the other thing, um, I think, Matt, you were saying, regarding Sky Harbor, I don't want to go too into this. I feel bad for the viewers. I don't know how familiar everyone is. You guys let me know when to stop uh, when it comes to the Sky Harbor stuff, because I know it's a complicated piece. But um, I know that the politicians there and the people in the... Uh, the people, the political people in Tempe want the residential building because they want more people. So I think, and the, I think the Coyotes are on the same page because the Coyotes, you know, the conveniencies for fans, right? Mm -hmm. Just like in Ottawa, where you have, again, I know, I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with Canadian, in, uh, in, with Canada geographically, but in Ottawa, right? Like the Canadian Tire Center, it's outside downtown Ottawa. It's outside. Yeah. It's, it's, it's out. It's not in, it's, 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 in, it's, in, it's, in, it's in a city called Canada. So, so too in Glendale, you know, I, we could talk about Craig Morgan. I think he's the best. Like he's literally the best beat writer in, in, in all sports, like how he covers the team and he's friendly with fans and he answers questions. He always talks about the 40 minute drive, the 45 minute drive he has to take, by the way, shout out to the Phoenix Coyotes podcast as well. Um, uh, if you want to shout out, there's one. Um, but he always talks about that drive he has to take to Gila River Arena. Like it's 40 minutes, 45 minutes. And yeah, when a team stinks and the market isn't huge and you have, you know, you have, People are excited about the Cardinals and the Suns. Yeah, you're not gonna have you're not gonna have a lot of fans when it's so inconvenient to go to game. Yeah, right. So like that's gonna be right. Just yeah, like young, you know, like young college students and young, you know, young, you know, young people. Like they're gonna all. It's a lively neighborhood with concerts. It's gonna attract a lot of people in a beach. Um, like that's that's gonna be amazing. So I think the conveniencies of being in Tempe will be amazing. And and really like just to finish this uh, this topic up to really summarize it is. You move somewhere convenient, you know, you move somewhere attractive, you build residential buildings, you redo this lake, you, I think they want to put a couple of malls in. Correct me if I'm wrong. You got a big um, mall over in Tempe. 
just going to be amazing. Like that's it checks every box. And I saw the new arena. There you go. There you go. And it's it's a, it's a young up and coming city, right? It is. It's a young young people's and 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 fun. It's a fun city, right? Am I wrong? Yes. Yeah, it, it, it's really fun, especially like Mill Ave. If you're into the drinking scene, not sponsored, could be. I know Richard and Morning. Yeah, <laughs> not but, sponsored, but could be. It's a fun drinking down there. Yeah. Uh, uh, talking, I'm, I'm going to tie up a, a couple of loose ends here that I, I'm just kind of keeping a mental check of. Uh, so we, we talked shortly about uh, traffic issues with the arena. Uh, for those who are old time fans like myself, uh, the traffic situation in Glendale was not very great either. Uh, there there used to not be Cardinals Way for all the, the uh, Arizona fans here. Uh, Cardinals Way was a, an HOV exit that you could take and that'll take you right between both arenas that wasn't there so all the traffic flooded in from the north or the south and it was just gridlock for years and years and years until they put that new extension in and funny enough now it's actually not so bad when you leave the arena but you know they're not going to be going back to that so so the traffic situation will work itself out with more you know time um the other one that you were bringing up was the lake extension. That is still unconfirmed. So, essentially, the lake is just a giant lock. It's just, you know, a, a box that they filled up with water. Um, they would have to put a new dam at the end and then fill it and then destroy the old dam uh, or just leave it. Uh, I, I don't know what they'll do with that, but... Um, that would be really cool if they did do that. That's probably just a big overtaking. And the other problem being that Arizona is kind of a drought, right? Right now. So we are kind of running thin on water. Uh, the big places that we get our water from have been going down significantly. So I don't know how much people are going to be backed up with. Let's, let's put, you know, water as a lake and call it good. So, We'll see. I'm 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 cautious, but I'm optimistic about extending the lake. Right. It's funny you say that because we've well, had know, almost no that'll... rain for two years, and then now the last two weeks has just been constant punishment yeah. from the thunder gods over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'll tell you, like I just think you know, water makes things beautiful. Like a nice lake, yes. a nice you know, off, like I don't know if you guys are familiar with. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, AT and T Park, that where the Giants. Play. You know that right field, like they're surrounded. They're on the, they're on the yeah. There. yeah, they're right there on that lake side. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, exactly. They're on that lake side on the bay. It's beautiful. Like that is that is really really nice. Uh, you can't you can't talk about beautiful ballparks without talking about PNC Park where the Pirates play. Like again, on the lake, right by the bridge. Like uh, it's just beautiful. So you know the Yotes and Tempe. Like that'll be with with a you know re, with a revised lake plan. Like that can be something really special and. Again, you know, it can, it can maybe revamp all, you know, the league's expectations of a beautiful new arena. So just like you said, Richard, just being cautiously optimistic. Um, I think that's the right way to take it. Yeah. Uh, Matt, do you have a question or I, I ha- actually have one as well. Unless Mark, hey, do you, you have, have a question? question? Just go for it. Cause honestly, I, I mostly have snarky comments cause that's <laughs> my role. <laughs> Mark, do you have any questions Matt, about us? Best. Or do you are you are you ready to just uh, keep slogging them out of the park here? No, so I actually I, so I wanted to ask you guys a couple of questions. Um, yeah. So I wanted to know. Okay, I wanted to know more about like the Coyotes currently practice at the Ice Den, right? Yes. Yeah, it's got still. Right. So how's like? I'm just curious. How's that facility? Is it nice? Is it like? 
And how's I wanted to speak to you, Richard. I know we spoke for a second about Gila River Arena. I want to talk to you about that a little bit more. Uh, fill me in on that again. I'm not so familiar. I want to hear what you guys, what your uh, takes were on that. You want me to take over the Gila talk, and Richard, you can get the, the Ice Den talk since you've been to Ice Den more, and I practically grew up in Jobbing.com Arena. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I might chime in a little bit on, on the, the Gila. Also, I got a culture you here, Mark. The, the G is, is, is an H, so it's Gila. Gila. Uh, I, I know a lot of a lot oh, of people say Gila, and they also say Tempe, and it's Tempe. You, you say Tempe, obviously, correctly. But uh, there's a couple. Uh, I believe those are... I think they derive from native words. I don't don't quote me on that, but they're they're very funky like that. That the G looks like a you should be saying Gila, but it's it's Gila. Um, just uh, to toss that out there, I'm not trying to insult you or anything like that. I'm just informing you. Uh, as yeah. for as for um, as for Iceden uh, Scottsdale, it is a beautiful facility. Uh, it's got two rinks i think they they want to expand to three but i'm pretty sure it's just got two two ice ice rinks right now and um it is top of the line like it it was remodeled probably 10 years ago somewhere around that time and it's consistently been one of the probably prettiest uh smaller rinks in arizona um north scottsdale is uh, pretty much the apex. It is the Beverly Hills. It's the you know of um, of Arizona or, or of Phoenix, I should say. It is like the you know your average income is a hundred thousand dollars plus, and um, it it is a beautiful arena or not arena. I keep saying that beautiful rink, beautiful area. Uh, the biggest concern was uh, recently they the Coyotes publicly announced that they are going to be uh, playing at that that uh, practice facility and then right across from the small road uh, there would be uh, all the workout areas and things like that where they're going to do their day-to-day business uh, for the corporate side of it Uh, a lot of people took insult to that I it once you've been there you'll notice you're like oh okay it makes total sense because there's literally the the den and then it's like major road and then there's like a little sub baby road like just like for your general parking traffic and then on the other side of the general parking traffic road there's the um the, i'm assuming the corporate space that they want to take over um yeah that's a little obnoxious but the walk is nothing it's negligent at most arizona we're not really a state that like bombards players obviously we're well known for being like the place that older players go to like retire because they're not bombarded with media and uh, people, you know, coming up and asking them constantly. So the walk, you're not going to get like mauled by people. And then on top of that, it's Arizona. It's always beautiful here, especially in the winter time. You're not walking out into the freezing tundra to cross, you know, 200 feet of road. It's beautiful, sunny. You walk in barely anything to get to that uh, workout facility. And then add marker. Can, can I chime in a little bit? Mm-hmm. 
right. So I, I also I just found it funny because I I think I know the buildings you're talking about because when you're pulling in, you can kind of see them kind of off behind, and then that's where all the players end up. They walk in on the the rear side. So I think that would be the east side of the building or the south side. I'm I'm terrible with directions. If I'm not next or if I don't know where I am in relation to Heal River Arena, I don't know which way I'm pointing. <laughs> for, for the most part it, it'd be the um, southwest side i believe southwest so it's oh hey all their workout equipment's gonna be in office buildings that's so pathetic and i'm like if anything i mean it, it should theoretically be like nicer with the air conditioning and everything and again it's temporary for a couple years because they'll also have that practice facility in tempe when they're done and then on top of that is another side side note we've touched on it before even if Tempe falls through, allegedly there's like two or three other cities that would love to have the Coyotes build there, and they're both right around the same vicinity anyway. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, I just just because you know Mark might help us reach a few more Canadians, I just I wanted I, I want to try to get the accurate information out there. I was there at that town hall meeting, and one of the uh, the the council members said that it was an exact quote. Hey, so it's Matt, you, know, you were there. Matt, you were there for the eight hours. I, I wasn't there for the whole eight hours. I, I was listening to it at work. I got off work. I was like, hey, you know what? Let's see if we can make it over there. And I stayed for, I think, three hours, like all the way up until it ended. So I was there for as long as I possibly could. Hey, that's very nice of you, man. It's, it, was, it was a tiring night. And then I was like, oh, oh I, I almost freaking bawled like a baby. I'm like, yes, we're finally one step closer to this team staying here. I, I am but a, a giant child. Anyway, and then I want to talk about uh, just... He, like he'll remember for a minute because obviously that's I think it's going to be kind of cool for like the more chill chilled out atmosphere the Coyotes have anyway to have them you know their workout area essentially being that little office behind uh, the ice den but the ice den is also a lot better than the one that I went to growing up the one in Peoria that one is garbage just go to the one in Scottsdale take the drive whatever uh, I I have a bit of a personal connection with that one too so disclosure I don't like that place but Gila. Man, I'm referring to it as Jobbing.com Arena because that's what I grew up, you know, with it being called. Right, I love by that the way, building so much. By the that... way, um... hey, sorry guys, sorry to interrupt. Just wanted to say, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was Richard that said, I, I, I always remember Matt McConnell, and I even I remember Tyson asked, they always say Gila River, they never say Gila. I don't know uh, why. Side point. We don't. Yeah. Matt McConnell and Tyson Nash don't know anything. Like they, they <laughs> never have, they never will. Block me on Twitter again, you coward. They are a. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they're great. I think I I love Tyson Ash. I think they're great announcers. I, I like I like them. I'm saying I don't know. How they, you know, hey, I'm in the minority. I I strongly dislike Tyson Nash. Uh, I guess I'll I'll get into like a a 30 second version of the story. So when my dad used to work at the arena, he got to talk to a lot of the players, media personnel, whatever. And when Keith Yandel was here, and he, good offensive player, terrible defensively, and the amount of times that. Tyson Nash would just kind of hype up Keith Yandel all the time, even like trying to cover up for mistakes he made and everything. So my dad told, asked him one night, he's like, you know, what do you do? Like, you know, you know, Keith Yandel's not that good. And the response from Tyson Nash was, who signs my paychecks? So I know Tyson Nash is just going to say whatever he thinks will, will appease whoever. So I, I don't respect him. And ever since I heard that, I'm like, I don't like him. And Matt McConnell, just kind of boring. That's about it. All right. <laughs> all right. Right. Okay. Listen. Listen. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah. 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 That's really I, I'm with you, you Mark. With I me. I'm chiming in here. I'm not as <laughs> as down on them as Matt is. He has his own personal beliefs. But as as for on on uh, uh, the on production 
quality of them, I, I think they're pretty good. The only thing that I've noticed recently is Matt's eyesight, McConnell, Matt McConnell's eyesight has started to kind of um, degrade a little bit. I've noticed that he stumbles on numbers quite a bit that you can very clearly see is like, it's not just like, oh, he misspoke. It's, oh, he thought this six was an eight or he thought, you know, this and, and that. So that's the only big knack that I have on Matt um, is that he's tends to get numbers a little bit more wrong, which means that also he gets kind of players wrong, which is, um, as for like a production standpoint, a little disappointing. Cause if you're like, he, he's had one or two calls where he's like, what an unreal goal by Connor Garland. And then it ends up being, you know, Nick Schmaltz or so, you know, just some random different player. And you're like, eh, you know, that, that kind of sucks because that, that throws off the flow of, um, you know, sports broadcasting. But Aside from that, I do like both of them. I think uh, their synergy together is, is quite good. Begrudgingly, I'll give them that. They do bounce off well uh, with one another. And considering I am giving them any sort of compliment, that has to say something. But anyway, talking about Dominic <laughs> right? I don't want to hear you guys praising these two anymore. It's time for me to show up anyway. <laughs> so... Oh, my dad started. My dad started working there in like 2007, and I just the amount of times. What did your dad I, do there? Uh, he worked uh, conversion, so he got to to he would convert the ice surface to concerts and whatever, and and he was uh, one of the oh, one of the leads. Cool. He wasn't the highest up, but he was he's one of the leads, and it was just I the, I, I basically lived there. Like there, plenty, like I would go there to like, print out <laughs> print out like papers for school for years. So I just go down to his little office. Um, I was in on a lot of the inside jokes. I got to play on the Coyotes ice for their uh, full-time Christmas parties. There was my favorite memory is ones I scored on Shane Doan. And I'm not going to elaborate on that because I don't want to embarrass Donor on the Shane Doan episode. But uh, <laughs> I've always loved that building. That's very and cool. For me, I, That's very cool. Uh, you ever Valley met the King, players? Oh, yeah. I've, I've met all of them. Uh, it, it got to the point where, like, I... I stopped getting starstruck after a while because I was so used to being around them. And, and then now I'm just back to being a, an awkward nobody. So it balanced itself back out as as things tend to do. But I've always loved that building and being a West Valley kid, you know, I'm always used to kind of wild West, I guess, is the, is the best way to say it. We're like more open space, you know, it's a little less crowded. So it always felt awesome to have that arena on this side of town. It was an easier drive for me. So when I was a kid, you don't really think about the perspective of people that actually have the money that are that are way off on the other side of the state, it feels like, but the other side of the of the greater Phoenix area. And it's just always loved the building, loved the atmosphere, didn't like how they couldn't fill it. And in the playoffs, the 2010, 2011, 2012 playoffs, man, those were electric atmospheres. I, I've seen that building yeah. sold out for home openers, important games and whatnot, but you just the audience consistently was never there and then i get older and i start realizing why uh, and it's sad because i love the building i still think the building is nice uh, unfortunately they still use those little box tvs and the suites and everywhere because <laughs> they haven't upgraded uh but I, you know I was, it's <laughs> i was gonna say that's what mark was coming at me uh, questioning me before the pod was about like what you know how how's the quality there and specifically like how nice the arena is and i was talking a little bit about how the upgrades are just not there because nobody spent the money to invest it. And honestly, it's not really worth it because it's, and again, this is primarily just so we have a little more of a Canadian audience. It's, there were confirmed reports, multiple from multiple sources. The city of Glendale wanted between a 15 and 20 year lease. That's 
probably why the Coyotes stopped paying to try to get them as a negotiating tactic to get them back to the table. Backfired. Now everyone looks bad. But if, if they would have signed anything longer than a five-year extension while they're working with Tempe to try to build that arena, it just would not have worked because we have constant complaints. We're not you know, financially viable. The, the amount of money coming right. in just isn't there because Footprint Center gets most of the concerts. For the longest time, it's a running joke, especially within you know, arena employees, is that the you know, Jobby.com Arena, Heel River Arena, they get the sloppy seconds. They get the concerts when you know, Footprint Center is all booked up or for whatever odd reason. They're like, yeah, we'll just go to this arena, but you, you lose a lot more shows than you would gain throughout. So it's... it's well, Footprint's, foot, Footprint's beautiful, eh? Foot, yeah, I, I like it's Footprint. It's gotten yeah, better. It's mm-hmm. also the Snake Pit, the home of the Arizona Rattlers, the team that I don't care about anymore. <laughs> I totally don't care exactly. about them anymore. They, <laughs> they put, uh, they put. Okay, let uh, me ask you guys. I, I was just gonna say quickly. Let me ask they put, you guys if you don't mind. Oh. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say they they put two hundred and thirty million dollars uh, into the Footprint Arena, which is where the Suns play, and um, it, it looks really good now. Yeah, they they definitely put a lot into their investment and made it look really good. Right, yeah, uh, Robbie, their owner, yeah, their owner doesn't love the Jays, Robbie Starver, uh, he, uh, the Jays, excuse me, sorry, uh, the Jays are just playing now, I'm a big Jays fan, I just got a notification on my phone, uh, not the Jays, the Suns, so, uh, so, so the owner, Robbie Starver, I don't think he loves the Coyotes, I've heard him say some negative comments in the past, right. um, yeah, okay, anyway, I have two interesting questions for you guys, first of all, I want to talk about uh, Andrew Barraway, the, uh, it's a two-on-one question, so the, uh, this is my last two questions I have for you guys, and I'm happy to move on after whatever you guys want to do. Uh, Andrew Barraway, the uh, owner of the U.S., I think when he bought them from the NHL in like 2011 or something, maybe a little bit later, and then Ruel snapped him in 1920. So I had two questions on him. Do you believe – so, I, Matt, you brought up a very interesting point of how the Coyotes, they, they did not return – they did not um, – uh, they did not – they used it as a negotiation tactic to not send their payments in which is an interesting negotiation tactic, and I'm sure a lot of Canadians will just laugh at that. Um, I myself have open ears because, again, I, I have a biasness towards Arizona. So I do definitely hear that out. Uh, it's actually something I never thought of, and the logic kind of makes sense. My question is like this. Do you believe that Andrew Barraway, as an owner, was a bad owner? Like, Do you believe he didn't? Because, yes. again, under him, in, in, under uh, <laughs> that's the short answer. <laughs> but under I, him, I, 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 have, I have a long answer for that. So okay, so I want to hear because I want to hear about the Andrew Barraway, Don Maloney, Dave Tippett era. Because uh, yes. Dave Tippett's an excellent coach. I've always liked yeah. him as a coach. And um, Don Maloney, I always thought was a good GM. That run twelve was a great run. Was, you know, was great. Especially with the shoestring budget, Maloney. Other than, if if uh, if Bill Armstrong pulls off the Cup run, he'll be the best GM in Coyotes history. But until that happens. With what Maloney managed to do with exactly. no budget, no certainty, yeah. players looking at this market like we don't know if we're going to be here in a year. Like it's impressive, right. and that man deserves an effing statue or a medal or an honorary something within this organization exactly. because Don Maloney so, is a legend. Exactly, and I appreciate uh, Matt. I love all your side comments, and I appreciate that as well more. I want to hear that reassurance how I felt because again, I I was a young kid. I'm an O three born, so I'm 19. So mm-hmm. 2012 for me is when I really got into the Yotes, when I really, like, that was the year, that run. When we lost mm-hmm. to the Kings in six games, the whiteouts, you know, and then the Jets copied it from us again. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Jets copied The fake Jets? On their runs in six- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, I have some love for them. They're a Canadian team. They're a good market. They sell out. Good fans, good people, and good players. So you got to love that. 
Um, but honestly, like, I just want to, okay, so Don Maloney, like, he, again, he had pennies on the dollar for the Pachanga team. And like you said, he pulled it off. But do you believe in Andrew Barraway? Do you believe, in, did you believe he not, he did, purposely didn't update, like, Gila River Arena or whatever? I, I remember when it was called jobbing.com. Like, do you believe stuff like that happened on purpose? Do you believe he tried to screw over the team? I've heard different theories. Um, like, I just, you know, I've heard some of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and just one last thing uh, before, before we move on. So just that on Andrew Barraway. And what, and, and, and just another, just one more point. What happened with the Yotes and the ASU multi-purpose facility that was proposed, I believe it was under Barraway, was it 2019? Yes. That was supposed Maybe to be the new arena. It was 17, yeah. I'm sorry. It that, that area. No, it's fine, it's fine. I thought it's it was 18 or 19, area. whatever. Anyway, yeah, I thought it was 18 or 19, whatever. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Whatever happened to that? Those are my okay. two questions for you. I think, and I want to I hear Richard Spawn and Andrew Barraway, because Matt, you filled me in nice on Maloney and Barraway. But mm -hmm. let me know your thoughts on the ASU multi-purpose arena with the Yotes, because I was very excited, because as, as, we, as we all know, the ASU, the Sun Devils are a rising star program in NCAA. So we yeah. love that, and the Sun Devils are my team in NCAA. I love them. Yeah, um, so fill me in. Fill me in, please. Fill me in. Okay, so yeah, Matt, I'll, right? <laughs> I'll hand off the uh, the multi-purpose arena that was shot down previously to you. Uh, but for myself, I'll, I'll go over a little bit about Barraway. Um, quickly, before I go over Barraway, I'm just going to say this about Maloney. I do appreciate all the trades that he made, some unbelievable trades with the budget that he had. Um, the biggest knock that I had on him was that drafting players that were successful and also developing players that were successful uh, did not happen very well under him. But you could make the argument that also could be because of the lack of money in development and scouting. Um, perfect, perfect knack or perfect argument back. But that was one of the biggest criticisms I had on Maloney. Uh, next up is about Barraway, who uh, was his owner for a short period of time. So uh, just to give a little bit of a backstory, the Coyotes were owned by the NHL. Shortly thereafter, the uh, a few, um, shall we say, rich people, but quite, you know, depending on who you ask, how rich they actually truly were in capital versus how how rich they were in assets, uh, was pretty differentiating but they were bought by ice arizona one of those owners being barraway barraway goes and spends i think 51 percent to buy out the owners uh he still is an owner of the coyotes so he's a, min a minority owner still to this day um so 2%? i don't want to yeah i, I don't want to speak too ill just in case anything happens but uh barraway was a hedge fund guy he if you don't know what hedge funds are it's where you take stocks and you manipulate the market. So uh, there's this thing called day trading. There's also, I'm not going to get too boring into the stock talk, but essentially you can short stocks and stuff like that, which is where I look at AMC and go, I think they're going to do bad. And then I short them by saying they're going to go down and I make money by saying that they're going to go down and they do go down. Um, there's a lot of that going on and uh, him being a part of that, uh, is very questionable because the thing is, is I don't deny that he had the money, but the thing is, is that when you have your money in assets versus having actual capital is two significantly different things. Um, and by doing that, you saw this, he as an owner was, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. Chaika, the previous general manager was pretty crafty with his thoughts. I don't think hey, so ever... Richard, yeah. I don't want to interrupt you. I'm sorry. 
But I just I was gonna get to that next. That was the last okay. one I remembered. I I, I thought I'm gonna well, I want to get to Chica for a minute after, but continue, please. Okay, okay, I'll hold off from Chica. Um, yeah, hold so on. Hold on. so for to finish up on Maloney, um, the biggest thing is I don't believe he actually had the capital to run this team, the actual money, um, and by doing so, I think that that really hindered the team and. Uh, it was one of those tumbling domino effects where when you don't have the capital to take on the negative, you know, the red, uh, because the ownership now is like taking on the red. But to him, it's no big deal because you can write that red off. Uh, so, you know, he's a billionaire. He, let's say he makes, you know, 200 million on a casino. Well, he goes, well, I just lost 80 million on the Coyotes and he can tack that onto his 200 million profit. And then all of a sudden he only has to pay you know, $120 million worth of tax money. Um, that's how that works If, if for, for listeners that don't understand. Um, the problem with Barraway is he couldn't do that. <laughs> you know, he, he files for bankruptcy if that happens. So because of that, he had to cut corners in every single step possible. And by doing so, we got problems with the arena. We got Shane Doan not being allowed to make his decision whether he wants to sign or retire. Right, that was that was management. That was Barraway. He publicly went onto NHL's uh, network to publicly apologize for axing Shane Doan. You know, after all he's Literally. done for this organization. Literally. Literally. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I do. I'm not going to sit here and insult Barraway and say, oh, he, he deserves to be, you know, castrated. But the, um. You know, he did keep the team in Arizona and he wanted to keep them here. It was just one of those things where he was the, you know, it's one, like when you're when you're desperate for money, you take anybody you can get. And if you let the loan shark in to give you money, you reap what you sow. And essentially, that's kind of a little bit what happened. And then uh, just uh, because Richard's a lot nicer than me. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say this right now. My thoughts are my own. My opinions are my own, not Richard's or the podcast. But uh, I will talk ill about Barraway all day because of a lot of the things I've heard about him as a person, as well as when you have that, that big ownership group that came in, it was a bunch of people that just did not have the liquid capital. They didn't have the liquid money to just be able to do whatever they wanted with. And I was working at the at the arena at the time, so I was uh, the working for the parking lot department. I was working the lot that let all the owners in. They were all very nice very good people they just didn't have the funds then Barraway takes over and i i'm gonna go ahead and just contradict what, what richard said he didn't have the finances to actually run the team like an actual capital actual money to spend he simply didn't so that's why you saw like like richard mentioned a lot of the cuts a lot of the you know shaving corners a lot of the uh yeah we're we're an nhl franchise but we're probably better uh, compared to an ahl franchise because that's how we were being run so it's it's I have no problem saying again my own views. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like uh, Bearway. He was he essentially was the same type as Chica, which I'll start off and then Richard can can finish off with Chica. But he's mm -hmm. essentially a snake oil salesman. It's you have a decent pitch, right. you might even be able to deliver on some of it. You might even be able to, but he just he was right. not what we needed long term. However, Richard made an excellent point. He did keep the team here. For everything negative I can exactly. say about him, he's still, when we needed them to be here, he kept them here. So 
if he ever watches this, he already strongly dislikes me. That's fine. I don't care. But I will at least thank him for that and give him full credit there. Exactly. Now it's okay, Shika. So, <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is a whole nother this is a this is a whole nother topic in itself. Um, mm-hmm. Richard, I want to hear you have to say, but I do want to ask you guys quickly quickly, you can make it quick, no pressure. Uh, just uh-huh. just on what happened, the fallout with uh, ASU multipurpose arena two thousand eighteen. All right, so this one, Richard might know the exact details, but here's how it was explained to me. So they wanted to go to business with ASU. ASU was interested. But given the fact that Barraway simply did not have the financing he said he did, there was a lot of shystiness with either the books or just how his business was ran. I forget which. I'll just say how it was ran as opposed to the books themselves. Uh, because I feel like saying the books might actually open us up to some bad speculation. So I'll just say with how it was ran. Uh, so ASU looks at that, they see a lot of uncertainty, and they're like, we're not, no. And then I, I, I remember hearing about this, I think I saw it in the newspaper, I didn't actually watch it, but there was like a press conference where the Coyotes were announcing all this stuff and how they wanted to do it, and no one from ASU was there. And then yep. it had come out that ASU had exited all talks, and that's actually why they, they went into their multi-purpose arena in the first place, because they still wanted an arena for ASU, but the original plan was they wanted to share it with the Coyotes hockey and ASU hockey, and then, I don't know if you heard the reports, but their talks came out that the ASU wants to use the Coyotes' new Tempe arena for the men and women's basketball instead of having to use Desert Financial Forum. So Which is it probably would have been the exact same thing. So I, I'm just going to assume it would have been the exact same thing what they wanted to do there, but yeah, now they want to do it here. So it just came down to, yeah, the financing wasn't there. ASU bowed out and said, I'm not getting into bed with this individual. And then that, to me, that really should, once again, just a bigger audience watching this potentially, that, that really should give more confidence in Marulo actually having the funds because ASU has already shown a history of not being willing to deal with Arizona Coyotes ownership that does not have the funds they say they do and slash or was not running the business the way ASU was comfortable with bringing in a new partner. Right, right. So, okay, so so just to sum that up pretty much, just from my, my, my understanding and, and, and take is that they just didn't have, they didn't have the cash flow and they didn't trust Barraway. But we yeah. can all agree that it would have been. I uh, know. Okay, let me ask you. Okay, fine. That's great. I appreciate that answer. Let me ask you one more quick question. How far is the the new arena, the new ASU arena, from the new proposed Tempe arena where the Yotes want to play? Like less than less than two miles. I want to say it's oh, less okay, than that's that. Great. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why because I just think that it's so important that these like ASU with a rising organization. In, in Arizona, a rising for sure for hockey and, 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 and you know, the popularity there, I'm sure, is their team and they have these good young players um, and they have the new arena. So I think that'll be really beneficial, God willing, in a couple of years when the Yotes get everything sorted out that you'll have, again, they won't be literally in the same arena like the original plan under Barraway was, but now rather they're a couple miles apart. So, you know, like, you know, let's say there's, let's say you have a situation like right now, like Josh Doan, who's who's an Arizona Coyotes prospect, who's playing at ASU, right? So he can walk down the street and go talk to the Yotes. He can he can go speak with Andre Andre Turgeny. He can have a conversation with him. He can speak to the Coyotes developmental staff. He can he can you know what I mean? Like that'll be so beneficial. 
obviously being in the same arena, you can't compare that, that, that convenience, but just being down the street a mile or two away, like that'll be amazing. Then when, when, when everything's sorted out, which we hope will happen. So, so don't quote me on this. I'm not going to say for a fact that this is true, but I believe because he plays under the NA or the NCAA, I don't know if he can talk to the Coyotes staff. Yeah, about, that's probably true. That about like, I just realized that. No, yeah. you're right. I just, there has to be some sort yeah. of wiggle room, like maybe yeah. for certain periods they're allowed to work out with them and allowed to talk to them. But other than that, that have to, I would imagine it would have to be some sort of like chain of command or some sort of like process to follow. Mm-hmm. But it would still be a lot easier if you're down the road and then it, when the process is like, you know, okay it, or whatever. It doesn't change the, the, the um, the fact is, though, that he could play with, like, the other players in the offseason, right? Like, if he wants to go skating with exactly. Keller, he could exactly. absolutely do that, right? Right. Um, so, right, like, you can have you can have Smalti and Kel skating with him, exactly, like you're saying, and I think that's a great thing. So, um, yeah, okay, and, uh, yeah, all right. So that's really it I have for you guys. I appreciate all the answers, great information, good to know. Again, I'm not, I'm not as familiar with Arizona as I, sh- as I wish I can be, but... uh this, yep. def- this definitely paints the picture, and we're obviously hoping for the new arena. And I just like if you know, it sounds like this Tempe Council wants to get it done. It's not, obviously, the Coyotes want to get it done. It sounds like Rule has the finances. Uh, Billy Armstrong's optimistic about it. I always for- um, uh, um, forgive me if I pronounce his name wrong, but Xavier Gutierrez, Javier our president, I got it wrong too because Javi. I'm an idiot. Uh, Javi. <laughs> yeah, Javi. So I'm with. Yeah, so Matt, I'm with you. I'm an idiot too. So Javi it's, Gutierrez, it's not- our president. It's not incorrect, by the way, you two. Some people do pronounce it Xavier. Some people do pronounce it Javier. It's one of those ones where okay. you look at it. It's okay. it, you, you will be corrected, but it's like looking at Patrick Wad and somebody saying Roy, right? Like, it, right. It, it, yes, for us hockey fans, we're like, how dare you? That's blasphemy. But like, it it's uh, fanatic, fanatic, f- f- I don't remember. I don't remember what the word is, but it's correct. You trying to say Frankie no, no, no. F- f- phonetically, phone- uh, phonetically, phonetically, I think is the word. Phonetically, it's correct. Well, we're not intellectuals on this yeah, podcast, I, ladies and gentlemen. No, we, no intelligence we are bumbling here. <laughs> I think phonetics the word. But, um, yeah, it. Uh, finish up with what you're saying. Sorry, I, I've my my squirrel brain went yeah, off. So, yeah. So. No, just yeah. It's just uh, that was just you know that's um you know we're hoping Marula we're uh, hoping this works out. It just. This doesn't work out. It's just so frustrating. Again, I don't live there, so I, I can't. Eat. I'm sure it's even worse for you guys. Just the vibe. Like, come on, man. Just get it done. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. We want to, you know, we're just bringing in revenue for your city. We're bringing, we're bringing a good vibe. We're bringing, a, we're bringing the best sport in the world that everyone loves. That, that, that. Unfortunately, it's, uh, it's, um, whose, uh, it's whose line is it? I'm just give me a second here. I'm just thinking. Um, I don't know if it's. I, I forgot. It's a book I read. It's one of the hockey books I read. Like. Um, it could be it's uh, it could be I don't know if you guys know Sean McIndo. Um, he's an author where he works the athletic. I don't know if I pronounce his name wrong, McIndo or something. Sean, if you're listening, I apologize, but he whatever he's a phenomenal author. Um, uh, my friend lent me his book once. I read it. It's just it, 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 like the front page is like like, <laughs> and it's so true. You guys might laugh. You guys might get a good chuckle out of this. But like the world's greatest game with the world's most dysfunctional and worst league. <laughs> like yeah, marketing is just like it's just like. Hockey, like, you know, like I again, I'm in American camps all the time. I've been in American camps all my life in the summer. I go in as a Canadian, you know, you're a minority, and, you know, like, you, love, you guys love playing 
Not that I don't. I love basketball. I love football. I love baseball. I love all these. I love all these sports, and I play them. And I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge Jays fan. A huge Raptors fan. I actually go for the Dolphins in the NFL. Get to that a little later. Why that happened, but uh, and obviously the the Leafs, my my boys. So like, but when I come, these kids are always they, they don't know hockey so well, and they see it, and they're like, this is unbelievable. Like you know, lacing them up, even street hockey or yeah. well, go on rollerblades because you know sometimes ice is too feasible it's it's a little feasible because it is and it's 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 expensive and it's uh you know it's not not everyone can afford it and that's why you have you know like the arizona coyotes foundation i know the yotes are investing a lot in the in the state which is obviously a very good and special thing and you can see it with players like cutter gochier and i'm sure you want to get to this and matthew nice and josh Doan, and obviously mm-hmm. big poppy austin matthews and 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 even matthew kachuk's from there when keith was there and brady's from there so again we can get to that a little later just how arizona is the fastest growing hockey state in the states, uh, by percentage wise, so just these little things you see it just investing in the investing in the game and just back to the NHL, like just get this done, Tempe, get this done, get this done for the fans, get this done for the people. Everyone deserves this. They've been we we, we you know we as the as Yotes fans have been through so much and yep. it's just like get it done. This new arena, like the inside looks beautiful. I don't know if you guys know so if you're familiar with SoFi yep. Stadium where the Rams yep. and the play, like they have that uh that jumbotron like that in, mm-hmm. inside uh it's like in your face. That's what they want to do in Tempe, and it can just be state of the art. And you know, Logan Cooley, you know, Maverick Lamoureux, uh, our boys, Connor Geeky, these guys all deserve it. You know what yep. I mean? Dylan Gunther, we can talk about everyone. These guys deserve it. And Logan obviously, I don't even need, we don't even we don't even need to start with Clayton Keller and all these boys. But yeah, anyway, so yeah, let's carry on. Uh, so uh, I just. Uh... Again, I never thought I'd say it on American soil, but the Canadians are based. But on top of that, I, I said it at the, the council meeting. I actually got to, to speak for a, a few moments, and I was like, look, you know, people, publicly, especially our neighbors from the he, north, publicly. Yeah, he got to put, put his opinion in on record, which is pretty cool. He, about even though the I was an idiot, and I bumbled over myself, That's but amazing. whatever. Everyone knows I'm an idiot. It's fine. But I was like, you know, Canadians, as much as I like to give them crap, they do essentially. It's also one of my favorite lines to troll, like jerk Canadian fans with. Is Canadian fans help keep this team afloat? The the amount that that are, what what I forgot what the term is, but they they will live down in like warmer areas snowbirds. during the winter. Snowbirds, thank you. I have no idea why I blinked that. This is why I have Richard snowbirds. Snowbirds, <laughs> but uh, they'll come down here and they'll go to hockey games, you know, because they'll go play golf, you know, stay at resorts or have properties out here. They've yeah. been helping to keep this team afloat for years, and especially with, for the most part, ticket prices have been cheaper here. They'll spend more on, on average because, like, oh, hey, I'm used to paying X for uh, a Leafs ticket or Y for a Canucks ticket, but it's so much cheaper here, and they end up buying more stuff and becoming, like, partial Coyotes fans here. So like, it's you're bringing a lot of that to Tempe. So I want to make sure, like, point that out when I was there. I'm like, you know, a lot of, a lot of money's be coming in from our neighbors from the north, and uh, it's... I don't know. I, I just—it's both a really cool thing and also a really funny thing to point out to you when when some Canadian fans are trying to get uppity with you. So I just—I like—I like that point. Right. Um. Yeah, you're you're 100 right. I want to tell you something else. Uh, I mm-hmm. want to address one thing. Um. Um. I want to address one thing. Okay, Katie String. You guys know Katie String? Unfortunately, oh, we unfortunately do. <laughs> okay, that is okay. borderline an offensive term around these parts. <laughs> you're right, and 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 you're right, and you're 100 percent right. It is. That's why I'm bringing her up because it's important we talk about her. Okay, she's a. I love the athletic. I subscribe to it. My friends love it. All all us big hockey fans who go for the Leafs. 
Um, we can talk about how so Craig Morgan used to write for the Yotes on it, and then he stopped because mm-hmm. he switched over to Phoenix. Yeah, um, you guys know. I'm not sure if you guys are subscribed to the Phoenix Sports uh, Network oh, I am. website thing. I don't I know am. if you guys are familiar. He subscribed. Yeah. So Craig, I'm like, like, I, like I said, <laughs> like I said earlier in the show, like Craig Morgan is, I think the best uh, beat reporter in sports. Honestly, just how he you can answer he answers questions on Twitter. He's so good. He's so nice. He's I'm sure, I don't know. Have you guys met him ever in person? I have. Yes, I have. I uh, I've followed He's, Craig yeah. for a very long time. So I actually started listening to him on uh, his original podcast, The Natty Hattie, on AZ Sports uh, nine eight seven. Is he is and, he as nice in person as he is as he oh, is yeah. in video? Yep. Yeah, he's great. So is so is Leia Merrill. Leia Merrill's great too. He's mm-hmm. awesome on the podcast. Um, but anyway, like I want to get to what I was trying to say. So, like, Katie Strang, okay, like, she, she, like, she puts out all these reports, and I don't know what's true, I don't know what's not, the Athletic is usually very, very, very uh, credible with their sources, so I don't, like, want to get into specifics, but, like, come on, man, like, you're not going to give the, like, you're not going to hire a beat writer for the Coyotes, that's one thing, but to hire a writer to literally discriminate against the team and just pull out all the dysfunctions, the fans don't deserve this, like, come on, It's, it's like, if it is like okay, if it is true, you're right. But now, like, what do you like? She, she's like talking about how Marulo lost money during COVID, so now he's not going to pay for the arena, even though he said he probably he's going to probably fund all that money. How do you not yep. believe the man? He seems sincere. He wants to win the championship. You're going to say Billy Armstrong's dysfunctional? Like, who are you to say that? Like, like, like behind so, closed doors, and like, and not only that, she doesn't like, I, and I don't want to discriminate against her. Like, I'm not saying she's a bad person at all. God forbid. I just like so she, she does excellent work for the athletic besides the Coyotes. <laughs> she so, does. She does excellent work. Again, I'm Canadian. I'm Canadian. I have that heart. You know the Canadian. I'm Canadian. I I'm but, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna point you out here some of her hypocrisies. Continue on. Uh, I I don't want to completely cut yeah. you off. No, no, you're good. You're good. But just, I just want to finish up on what I'm trying to say about Katie. Like she, yeah. she just like just say something positive about the organization. Like she can't. Like okay, so mm-hmm. so like you like Richard. Literally, like you said, like. But you're right, she Matt, like uh, hundred I agree, she can. But like like you said, like maybe they didn't <laughs> maybe they didn't pay because they wanted leverage. Why can't she bring that up as a proof of maybe why? She could only say the negative. Like it's just it's crazy, it's mind boggling. And like I just want to reiterate what I said a, a, a thirty seconds ago. How do you not hire a beat writer for a team that can cover the team, but you hire someone to literally just discriminate and hate on the team and make fun of them and just show how dysfunctional they are and just make the rest of the NHL laugh? How is that? How is that like uh, allowed? <laughs> Richard, can I yep. can I answer this one? Can I take over for a minute? All right, you you can take over, but if you if you if you don't do a good enough job, Matt, I will start talking over you out of Shut out up. of anger. <laughs> you, you you ain't gonna do nothing anyway. <laughs> anyway, but uh, so when it comes to the actual legitimate reason, it comes down to well, I know they're they're not print, but it, it comes in the same form. That form of media is dying. The Coyotes get clicks. A lot of salty, primarily Canadian fans always try to deny that. Yet whenever you see any social media post that's like, oh, the Coyotes can't have their logo, etc. Oh, the Coyotes are playing at 3,200 seats. Oh, the Coyotes can't afford a $24 million annex that they're paying for up front. Anyway, so it's like when you see that, you see stupid amounts of engagement, usually from Coyotes fans being angry and then 
uh, anti-Coyotes Canadian fans, since there's a few more good good people like you up there. I'll try to be more fair. Uh, you know, anti-Coyotes Canadian fans are Thanks, like, Matt. oh, see, this is exactly why they don't deserve, you know, they should relocate, whatever. It's about clicks. It is, it, this is an Arizona perspective. You're going to have your own. That's fine. But when it comes to, uh, j- <laughs> they're garbage. The athletic is garbage, especially from a Coyotes perspective. Well, uh, K-String is garbage. Yeah, K- I, I, I've read a lot of bad reporting in general on on primarily about Coyotes. Disclosure, the last risk. But I've seen a lot of really bad reporting, really bad pieces, and things that probably should not have made it past editors. Because one example was that the Coyotes are not allowed to alter the ice surface. We have banged this to death, and it's still I I. I cringe and burst out laughing when I still hear anti-Coyotes Canadian fans being like, oh, you still can't have your logo at center ice, but it's like, okay, we can't alter it. Meaning, whenever the ice is set, because ASU has their own sponsors, they have to be able to you know, keep up their, their agreements, it's their building. If they're going to put their logo at center ice, well, it's probably going to be both Coyotes and ASU, but let's say the Coyotes are on the outside of center ice and ASU is the big one in the center. Doesn't really matter. We can't alter that. We can't rip their sponsors off and put our own over there. We can't cover up their sponsorships with digital advertisements on uh, the broadcast. Logical. Sounds like a very standard thing. Uh, whenever the hot shots played at ASU, they didn't, to my knowledge, cover up ASU's logo at center field, because I don't think they did, so it makes sense. Oh, that means they can't have their own logo at center ice. Like, just taking, even in context, I don't know how you made that that assessment and then everyone just ran with it. I've seen really bad reporting. It just comes down to they need clicks because they're dying like everyone else is. So it's like, so hey, we'll get some clicks here. I'm I'm going to start. I'm going to start list. I'm going to I'm going I'm going quick here with some of the hypocrisies that are currently floating around with the Coyotes. I hope you as a Canadian will do your best. I know you're already biased towards the Coyotes, but you'll do your best to to spread the Arizona word up north here. All right, so yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to start hot shotting these. Okay, so uh, you'll see online 3,200 seats. Where does that come from? Well, Elliot Friedman posted something about it on uh, Twitter. I do respect Elliot Friedman significantly. The only problem with Elliot Friedman is that if he gets something wrong, he doesn't typically go and recorrect anything. Like he won't follow up with updates, uh, and because of so, a lot of people still. I do. Sorry, yep. I don't want to interrupt you. I just want to just add in, just add in a side comment here. Yep. Um, Elliot, Elliot, really like he. First of all, he's amazing. I'm so, like I love him. Yep. I love him. He's a great reporter. He's a nice guy. I met him in person. He's a super nice guy. You know, cares about the fans, cares about the people in Toronto and Canada, and I'm sure in the states too. But Elliot, it's probably like I'd give him the benefit of the doubt because you guys, again, I don't know, like we, I don't even know, but I might know a little bit more than you because I'm a little bit more familiar with him just because. Again, he lives locally. He lives nearby. Like the guy is so busy with everything. I don't know. Like if he, I don't know if he has time to correct. He's he's the man. He may you know not. I mean, like not. Yeah, he may I'm not. That's logical. Yeah, that that is that is a fair fair argument. Um, and let me be clear. Like, I really like Elliot Friedman as well. I think that he is one of those reporters. He's a little Canadian biased, but that's fair. I mean, you know, he yeah. he is where he is. You got to be a little biased towards your markets, right? Um. And uh, for the most part, he is very honest about all of his reporting. He's on top of everything, you know, very well organized. I really like him. Just uh, 
something I want to quickly say is that he coined the phrase 3,200 seats. Um, when he was doing his research, or maybe somebody else was doing the research, and he, he found, they said something. The misinformation was that um, when the Coyotes decided to get into bed with ASU and play in their multi-purpose arena, they had to figure out a solution for the locker rooms, right? You cannot... You cannot have NHLers in an NCAA locker room. It is against their the NCAA's rules. So they had to figure out some sort of solution. One of the proposed plans was to rip up a bunch of seats and put the annex inside the building. This was one of those plans. Another plan... But like plan, you said, the annex is going to be... The annex is going to be uh, next door, which is totally fine. And I heard it's going to be really nice. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be just offside the the building. It's an extension. Um, because of that, he reported 3,200 because he saw one of, like, ABC-type plans, and he took either intentionally or unintentionally the worst number. This is significant because now, now uh, Coyotes – or, sorry, now uh, people that are not Coyotes fans believe it's 3,200 3, seats. Uh, we did the math on this podcast. If you were to take uh, 1,500 seats, right? So uh, that's the amount of seats that would be lost from 4,700 to 32. 1,500 seats. You do the math yourself. Multiply 1,500 seats by 41 games and then uh, multiply however much the tickets are. So let's just be generous and go like $130. That's almost like $20 million worth of, of revenue that you're just removing from the picture fictionally. Because of those seats. Matt. I, I didn't want to interrupt you. So I, was, uh, I yeah. wanted to wait for you to finish your point. Uh, so the exact tweet was something along the lines of, uh, for the proposed annex, paraphrase, disclosure, for the proposed annex, they, they the capacity could go down to as low. As yes. I think it was 3,500. So I, it might have been 32, but I'm pretty sure it was 3,500. And for some reason, 3,200 kept sticking. And uh, I've called them out before uh, the on, on STPN, the, that trash uh, you know, dangle <laughs> podcast. Oh, no, it's it's 32. It's like, yeah, you guys are idiots. I, I, I yes, will say that we... openly. I don't care who who likes them, who doesn't. I have friends that, are, that work there or uh, are friends with Steve Dangle. I still think he can sit and spin. But that's how that misinformation kept going because they see this low number and it might be from Elliot Friedman earnestly. This is what I'm hearing. It could go as low as this. Then someone takes that. It's going down to 3,200. Oh my God. They're only going to have 3,200 seats. This is, this is a travesty reality. It's going down to 4,700. We lost 300 seats. I think they found probably the best solution. That's good. Uh, but we also other misinformation like the lack of the student section. Wow. But anyway, so just yeah. The, pass it by back the, over to you. <laughs> by the way, uh, one of the one of the whole sides of the arena is a dedicated student bleacher section, uh, which is going to be sold at significantly less prices. This is actually funny enough. The next thing I was going to talk about, uh, mm -hmm. this is a mixture between Katie Strang and STBN. Um, I respect Jesse Blake a lot because he actually tries to put his opinions out there with good solutions. He brought up the idea, he coined the phrase of how about we move the Coyotes to Houston for a couple of years, they get their arena built, we bring them back to Arizona, and then we we expand into Houston. Uh, he brought this up because of, I think it was a basketball team after a, uh, a disaster did this. Um, I thought he has some really good criticisms. He, he really expands on stuff. The problems that we have with SDPN is, uh, personally, I think that um, Steve Dangle just doesn't have the time or just doesn't really care all that much, so he doesn't put a lot of the 
time in to actually research. My biggest qualms is with Adam Wilde. So the problem is, is that I know Adam Wilde is very smart. He's a very smart man. I've listened to his, I've, <laughs> Matt's gonna, Matt's gonna be angry here. Just shush, shush for a minute here. I know he's a very smart man. I've listened to his history talks. I've, I've actually listened to their podcast for a very long time growing up. Um, the problem is, is that he intentionally acts in bad faith. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost convinced of this, that he does it on purpose because he knows that he wants to push this narrative of the coyotes are incompetent, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, the big one is that um, he obviously, most recently in the past month or two, they literally had a dedicated video about the coyotes saying this arena and all the disasters or the coyotes are really going to play in a college arena or whatever the video was. And he actively... Uh, kept trying to correct people saying no it's 3200 seats which it's not it's 47 the president and ceo of the coyotes even before that podcast released publicly stated that it was 4700 um on top of that he would actively read katie strings article articles without actually doing any like critical thinking so a good example of this is in that podcast i believe or maybe it was a previous one where they were talking about the coyotes he was talking about how, oh, look at the numbers. Katie did the numbers. How are they going to be profitable? These tickets are going to have to be over $300 a seat because of how expensive they are. Well, let's go and do some looking, and we dig into it. Okay, so we the Coyotes make the claim that they may be more profitable at ASU. How is this, how is this so? This is a little suspect. Okay, well, let's look at how Katie String derives from her number to $300 a seat. Okay, less people, less money, less this, less that. Okay, we got less numbers here. And then we're also going to put on what is the operating cost at Gila River Arena and use that as a one-to-one -one comparison of a 4,700-seat arena. Are you Which really telling me... Are you, are you really going to tell me that the operating costs are the exact same as a building half the size. Are you Less serious? Than half the size, actually. I think it's like Less closer than to a quarter. Yeah. And on top of that, that's why I'm gonna disagree with you. He is an idiot. Because if you're gonna <laughs> read that, you have to either be brain dead stupid, which I genuinely think a lot of the people uh, that uh, that argue against the coyotes are, and I've argued for a long time, come at me. But also it's you have to either want to see something out of this text to you know, confirm a bias or because your media is dying, you want to get some extra clicks because the the cup finals were going on. We're still talking about the Coyotes and their 4,700-seat arena. Playoffs 32. going on. Coyotes. Uh, the draft's going on. Oh, my God, those gosh much, darn Coyotes. Hey, guys, quick question. Hey, uh, how much cash could the, could the Oats bring in in, in, uh, in um, ASU? A significant amount of cash? Could they actually make like, about profits cash? or, like, total? Province. Mm. I, I wouldn't imagine it'd be very much. I'll just say at least, well, not at least. I would say it'd probably be like a very small margin, maybe what, $5 million in profits. It wouldn't be large, but it would be easier to profit than what they were doing at, at Hillover Arena, considering the lower costs as well. Yeah, so I, I'd find it tricky because it really depends on how much the ownership's willing to go into the red, right? So we, we're seeing... Um, 
talking about the Chica thing that I didn't get to bring up, we're seeing the the bringing on the LTIR contracts, which definitely helps reduce that amount of um, uh, negative load that you're taking because obviously the insurance takes 10, 90% or whatever it is. And um, so I don't believe that it will be much better. I think it'll be at even or just slightly less, but it depends because... Once again, the Coyotes didn't sell out the lower bowl. Remember, the joke was, oh, look at the lower bowl of the Coyotes. There's nobody there when they're at Healer River Arena. Every seat is a lower bowl seat. And the Coyotes are two-thirds sold out on their season tickets this year. Two-thirds already. And we're three months in from they started sales in the offseason. We're going to be terrible this year again. They and we're going to be terrible. Over, or a little under 12K last year context the rattlers are constantly a playoff contender they average usually except for the last couple of years because pandemic and everything they usually average 10k or more meaning the arizona coyotes being the worst team in the league bottom two bottom three for however long still managed to garner larger audiences than than a championship contender while again all the problems with the market how far away they are how they sucked like the the market demand is at least around 12k. You cannot tell me 12k of market demand is not going to be able to fill 4700 supply. I just there is no exactly. way it doesn't happen. A closer to the season ticket holders, closer to the lower bowl season ticket holders. So this is another number that I you you said that you you um follow Craig Morgan pretty closely, but he's he's the one who brought this out that like 75% of their lower bowl season ticket holders are on the east side, uh, which is where they are closer to now like that all helps uh the other one being sponsors want to get in bed with the coyotes now because they actually see it realistically possible oh hey look they're in tempe yeah we want to do some work with them right like that's also another revenue generator that they didn't have previously and yeah so i don't know if they'll be more profitable i can't make that i can't make that decision until i actually see it but um i i know at the very least it's not going to be oh they're it, just burning money we should just like remove them from the uh uh what what's the the next talking point i hear them saying recently uh remove them from the uh the funds the, the the funds that they get handed from the the, yeah, that's the rich out. teams that's that that whole revenue sharing them yeah. us leaving that like you know it's and uh yeah like it's it's really it's 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 mind-boggling to be completely honest um like yeah that's that's yeah but you know what at the end of the day like i just wanted to uh finish off here mm-hmm. alex Murillo is obviously prepared for this and that's it he's for we're, we're ready we're ready to give a couple years and that's why again i i told uh i just told maddie i am richard i just messaged you um, I got. Yeah. I feel bad. I got to run. I have an activity now. Um, I okay. didn't realize. I I should have made That's a little it. bit more time. Yeah, feel terrible. We appreciate your time. Yeah. Yeah, guys. I really appreciate having me on. But one more point. Mm-hmm. Uh, just about the draft. Um. So I, I. I guess. Yeah. Well, we could talk about this. Uh, a different time. But um, hopefully next time. But um, just about the draft. Like, so when Shaner fell. So I knew right away when the when the Habs passed on him. Obviously, they had some they had a plan there, which they yeah. did right because they traded for Kirby Doc. They gave up their they gave up pick fifteen, mm-hmm. and I knew there was no chance. Once we heard Jersey, once once Tom Fitzgerald confirmed that Jersey was keeping their pick, we knew that 
they were taking damage. They were taking the Slovakian defensemen. Yeah. Uh, by the way, great for Slovakian hockey. We love that. Okay. Yeah, that was awesome. You get to three. You get to the. You get to the Yotes. Everyone, we've been talking. Yotes, Yotes Twitter's been talking about how we, you know, we should have got Shaner. We, 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 we had such bad luck, and everyone's like, and I'm sure, I'm sure, I don't know what you guys were thinking, but I'm sure I'll be like, oh my god, like this will be the craziest thing. We can get Shane right at three. We didn't win the lottery, and then next year, hopefully, we'll get Bedard. But anyway, next year, the top five picks next year are basically all like unbelievable players. So. Obviously, yeah. Bedard's the cream of the crop, but uh, but uh, again, it's going to be a great year next year. Some really good forwards, a couple good defensemen, but we'll get to that at a different time. Yeah. But when when we took, I knew, I knew, I was confident we were taking Logan Cooley. I love Shane Wright. I think he's a great player. Um, I just thought that, like, like logically, it made more sense. What are the Coyotes trying to do right now? We're trying to, you know, just stay bad a little bit longer. Get ready for the 23 class. It's stacked. Right? We're playing in this multi-purpose arena. Hopefully, we can have our in the next few months and just can get a shovel on the ground in the you know, beginning of 2023. Um, have the arena projection ready in a couple of years. And guess what? Well, oh, look at that. Look at that. Logan Cooley committed to college next year. Yep. Logan Cooley, highest ceiling in the draft. Logan Cooley, most exciting player in the draft. The scouts labeled him. It all made sense. It all fit the puzzle. Not and, and Shane Wright might be the better player in the end of the day. And again, and, and it could be well. And you know, people criticize Coyotes. And I want to hear what you guys have to say about that. All right. I was very happy with that. As he, you have this exciting player. He's not ready yet. Maybe in a year. Maybe in a year and a half. Connor Geeky's a stud and a half. He's a great two way player. Plays hard. Smart player. Not the greatest skater. His strides a little. A little, little, it can get a little, it can get much better. It's a little sloppy right now, and they'll fix that up. Yep. We, you know, we hired, like like you like you said that Barraway, Andrew Barraway didn't do. Andrew Barraway didn't, he didn't commit to having a good development staff and having a good, having good scouts. I don't know if you guys remember, the first piece Maruo did right when he got here was hire that scout from Tampa. Uh, yep. He snagged him, their top scout. Um, development coaches. I love Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Turney. Andrew Turney, excuse me. I've loved him since his days in Ottawa as a 67th coach in the OHL. I've loved him. He's a player's coach. The players, people love playing for him. That's the biggest compliment you can give a coach is when you tell your coach, I love playing for you. And the player, when you have the room, you know, a lot of coaches don't have the room. You know, a lot of coaches, unfortunately, get recycled a lot. You see it all the time. But he has the room. Turkey has the room. The boys love him there. Um, and I think that's a huge, I think that's a huge, huge factor. So I love that. I think that's a huge thing. And just it all lined up perfectly. And and Maverick man, he might be the most polarizing. Like, it's six seven, kid six yep. seven. He's got a good shot, great offensive ability. Um, he's he's gonna play another year or two in the queue, and we'll see what happens from there. But I'm very 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 excited about our class. I want to get uh, we we got some good picks in round two. Um, I love that trade for Jack McMahon. I think he can get a really good third line center, maybe even a second again. We'll see. Because Billy said at his uh, press conference on day one of the draft that. He addressed his center position. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm sure you can always make room for Bedard. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, oh, so, that guy? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll find a spot for him. Yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. find a spot for him now. <laughs> I, I, he may, you know, I think even a top six spot we can find for Bedard. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so. Like, yeah. That's, yeah, that's my quick draft thought. We'll get into it more. Uh, hopefully next time. Hopefully I can come back on for you guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, bring you on another time. Might be in I, sixteen years. Could be in sixteen days. Yeah. We don't know well, yet. well, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long off season. We got eight weeks till till uh, we get hockey again. So 
I'm sure we can we can find a, a week to to hop to get you to hop back on with us. Uh, Matt, I want to you, if it's okay, to talk about your Shane Wright story before mm-hmm. we lose Mark here, because I think this is the most important thing. You're questioning why would the Coyotes take uh, Shane or sorry uh, Logan Cooley over Shane Wright. And this story that Matt's got is probably the most polarizing and most important of why Shane Wright did not go to the Coyotes. All right. So, and again, I'm not questioning his talent. I, I don't care about him as a person either way, but still. So I have a friend <laughs> that uh, worked for, for the team or around the team that, that Shane was playing for. In, in, Kingston, in Kingston, Kingston. Well, Kingston. I'm trying to. Be, I want to be as generic as possible because yeah, you, know, you don't want to. Uh, you don't want to throw sorry. a source under the bus. Uh, but yeah, he he spoke personally to Shane Wright. I know the the team he said he wanted to go to. I've I've chosen to keep that completely secret. But he did confirm to me that a friend of mine that Shane Wright had no interest in playing in Arizona, none whatsoever. So when you look at at GMBA. First off, before the draft, Logan Cooley was talking about how he liked Clayton Keller. You know, the, the weather's nice. He, he likes the market. He likes what they're doing here. Talking very well about Arizona. And GMBA comes out and says, we want kids that want to play here. I would not be surprised if his first question is, if we draft you, do you want to come play in Arizona? And if the answer is not an astounding yes, okay, thank you for your time. Shake saying, again, that's our speculation. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Mm-hmm. But if, especially with me knowing, Shane had zero interest in coming to Arizona, whether he fell or not, that would immediately eliminate him from, from any sort of consideration because we we're trying to build a culture here. And I, I love BA for this. Uh, Armstrong is just, I think he's doing phenomenal work right now. He wants to bring in people that want to play here, that they want to help this market grow. They want to help this team get better. They want to compete in the playoffs and for a Stanley cup in Arizona specifically, and that to me is the biggest reason why we didn't go after Wright because he didn't want to be here. And I, I know I, I have some criticisms with his attitude so far that we saw a couple things that some rumblings before I didn't really take serious, but that death stare uh, on, on draft day. That was that so, was legendary. That was legendary. So it's mm-hmm. like I, I I can understand why anyone would be apprehensive to bring that kid in because it's whether again. Good player, not not going to knock his playing ability, but if you're looking for character, you, you're looking at, at different aspects. I'm like that. That to me is why we go after Cooley, and like that was a phenomenal moment because he's a he's a great player and he wants to be here, and that's you hey, cannot Matt. ask for anything better. Hey Matt, yeah, you're 100 percent right. That's an incredible scoop. I just want to say I want to give the kid a benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a local he's a local Toronto boy. So uh, I don't think, again, I'm not going to speculate or anything like that, but I don't think you're watching him in Montreal because I think he grew up a least time. So I'd imagine that Montreal wasn't, but again, he wants to go first. So, you know, I don't know if he wanted to be a Montreal Canadian. I know he wants to go first. Uh, you know, he's a least time at Harvard. He loves Matthews and Murphy. grew up in the air. I'm like, that's that. Um, but that's an incredible scoop, and you're right. The most important thing about building a culture is, wanting, you know, you want the players to love, love it. They just want to be there. So I think, I think that, and I think GMBA, for those that don't know what I'm saying, GM Bill Armstrong, the guy, the guy who makes everyone wear fancy suits, the guy who's got the best press conferences in the league, him, <laughs> he's the best, yeah. and um, he definitely wants a culture. And you know what? He and I want to give some credit to Doug Armstrong. He's he GM Canada in 2014 and and uh, and 10 10 and 14 in the Olympics and 16 in the World Cup. 
it's all from him. It's all from it's all from Doug. He is the man. Like you see in St. Louis. Again, I know they only won one cup, but they're just consistently a good hockey team. Well yeah. played. They can they adapt styles. I mean, I think he gets a lot from that. And you know, his, his and Billy's emphasis on scouting and, de- and player development. A lot of coaches like veteran leadership. And 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 Billy's Billy's emphasis on that is really important because Billy was, you know, the head scout there and he was in charge of that area as as the assistant GM. But uh, I definitely agree with you and uh um, I do want to just for literally a minute just touch on the Leafs because we can touch them a lot. But yeah. just quickly, like uh, Richard, you were saying how you like the Leafs. Listen, polarizing offseason, Samsonov, I think, is a great goalie. He's a first-round pick, first-round talent. Matt Murray, if he stays healthy, can be really, really good. So I'm very excited about that. I don't think we're finished yet. I think there's a train in the works. I think there's a chance the next time I come on this pod, Kirkfoot's not a Leaf anymore. There's some free cap space. Um I think you know, I like I, I, I definitely think we can use another piece or two as a winger uh, for a winger, maybe a middle six winger. Um, I really like Mason Marshall. He was a leaf and uh, he was traded. Unfortunately, that was really tough. Kyle, Kyle Dubas developed him. Um, there's some there's some just interesting pieces. there. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Our decor is coming in the best decor we've ever had coming into opening night. Our top yeah. our 60 are, are deep and they're good. Um, you obviously got. Matthews and Tavares down the middle. Tavares goes through a lot in Toronto, a lot of scrutiny, a lot of criticism, but the guy doesn't get as much credit as he should be for his two-way game. Maybe, yeah, you know what? Maybe he's not as good as he was when he was on the contract. People got to remember, he still took a hometown discount to come home, and you got to give the man credit because San Jose, Dallas, these guys were offering 13, 14 sheets. Yep. They were offering 13, 14. They were offering that cash. And he said no. And again, Kyle's whole logic was this cap was going to go up like crazy because – the TV deal was on the horizon, and it made a lot of sense. And that's why some fan, everyone was excited. With the date Tavares signed, it was it was Canada Day. It was it was another holiday. They called it John Tavares Day the next year <laughs> after his forty after he had forty he had forty seven tops here one right uh, career high. Marner was setting him up, literally bread basking. It was it was crazy. Just giving him the bread basket and throwing in the four by six. It was unbelievable. But yeah. um, he like he just he just he. Uh, he, he took Toronto home and he became a captain, the leader of our franchise. And I think it's a very important, like, I think it's a very important thing. He wants to be here. And like you guys are saying, you know, hopefully we have that. New- Sounds like Kells wants to be around. Chickman situation situation's interesting. Again, he said some interesting comments, but listen, if, if, it's, if you get the right price, you trade him. But, and you have, a, I, I love Victor Soderstrom. That Darcy Kemper trade, wow. You got, like, Connor Timmons is a stud and a half. Like, there's some really, really good players back there. And then, and, you know, we, I like Moser. Like, we, you know, I'm, I'm very excited. And you just, like you said, build a culture. Build your own culture. You have a coach, the player's coach, Andre Turgeny. And I think, again, it replicates with the, kind of what the Leafs are doing, you know. And, and the Leafs, I don't think they're, I don't think they're, I don't think they're a one, a one, one play, a one round playoff team. I think, you know, I think when they burst through, they're going to burst through hard. I think we're going to, I think we can roll. Because we definitely have the talent. I just hope we have the determination. And, you know, you got to get the right players. And I think we have the right coach. And, Hopefully the youth build that type of culture because that's how special teams win cups, like Tampa, like Pittsburgh, like Sid. You know what I mean? Like look what Sid yep. did in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, Mark, you are one hundred and ten percent right. I and I. I, uh, I was gonna, <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, no, no. You finish. You finish because I'm going to go into the Leafs positively. Because right, uh, I just Mark, I just you knocked it out of the park. And uh, yes, you're right. There is one more trade in the works. Schmaltz for Matthews, one for one. <laughs> oh guys, I have a few more minutes. I didn't realize. I, I'm actually good. I don't unless unless you guys must stop it here. I'm 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 good. I didn't realize. I changed oh, okay. the schedule. Oh yeah, okay. we, can, uh, we have enough time for at least one more topic. Yeah. Okay, so let's, uh, let's, wait, wait, wait. 
Wait, wait. Yeah. I want to go up positive on the Leafs because I am big on the Leafs too. I dump on the Leafs constantly. The jokes, because unfortunately your fans are jerks to us, so I have to be jerks back. But with that hey, being said, wholeheartedly. Remember me when you think of the fans, okay? Okay, I'll, I'll remember. You. We're thinking about hot take hockey. We got a couple of good ones. Yeah, I, I'll I'll remember you. But um, yeah. uh, so I believe that the Leafs are very close. And aside from the Sault Ste. Marie jokes with Matt Murray, I think that there is something interesting there. I feel like it's a little magic beans, but it in my head the the crazy tinfoil hat part of my brain goes. This actually kind of makes a lot of sense, bringing Matt Murray in, because he came in, right? He didn't play much of the regular season. He played the playoffs, won two cups with Pittsburgh, right? He goes to Ottawa. He is unfortunately thrown to the wolves. I'll say that. I see him kind of being a lighter load in the regular season kind of guy, and then all of a sudden being magical in the playoffs, and I, I agree with you. I think if the Leafs make it out of the first round, I don't think it's a second round exit. I think they go deep if they're it's, if they're making it. Exactly. Heck yeah, baby. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Go Leafs, go. <laughs> go Leafs, go. Uh, I, I will be positive with the Leafs, all right? I, I still believe Leafs, that they're a very good team. You know what? I know Damn you it. Guys I, I kind of hate you, Mark. Now I can't just blindly hate on the Leafs. Now I have to be cautious <laughs> when I hate on the Leafs. <laughs> I know you guys are sucking up to me because you want 34 coming home. I know. That. <laughs> it's funny. It's for me. It's a meme. I don't think he ever comes back. But Arizona fans, they they love it. And uh, if if he does I, I come home, I have thing. to buy Richie or uh, yeah, Richie a jersey. Yeah, we we have a bet on it. <laughs> I so if, tell you one if thing. yeah, you guys are gonna think I'm nuts. But when 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 Johnny Toronto, that's what we call him here. When he signed here July 1st, 2017, mm-hmm. me and me and the boys were celebrating, and I look at one of my buddies. I'm like. Hey, is it a coincidence his deal is up the same year as Jesus is? Sorry, I I missed the the part of that. What'd you say about Jesus? No. Oh, the McJesus? Yeah, that's what we call him. Oh, you guys don't know this yet. Eh? Yeah, no, 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 I know, I know who he is. I, 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 I just missed the first part of what you said. Oh, no, I was just saying, so I so me and my okay, so right, so John so Johnny Toronto's cap it's eleven sheets, right? He makes eleven eight, yeah. his AAV is eleven. So so obviously, like like I touched on before, Kyle was making on the cap going up because he had his sights he had his sets he had his sights on Petrangelo a couple of years down the road. He, he thought the TV deal was gonna cap was gonna go up like crazy. He didn't realize COVID was gonna come hit us hard and everything was gonna yeah. stay flat, which makes Tampa's run, by the way, all more impressive. But anyway, mm-hmm. so I looked at my buddy July first, two thousand seventeen. You know, as Lee fans, he's probably and I'm like, hey, maybe let's probably listen July first. It's probably a couple of days after because you know you go on cap friendly for a second. But I'm like, hey, is it a coincidence that McJesus and Johnny Toronto are up the same year? And 11, I'm sure JT will resign here for a cheap deal at 34, 35 years old. How about, how about McJesus coming home? Maybe. I like the idea. And hey, I, 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 I see that narrative getting pushed of get him out of Edmonton. <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel. Hey, listen. Okay. I, 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 okay. Well, uh, I'm sure you don't feel great about that because you don't, you know, because you don't like us in general. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> tell you, you want to hear a scoop, Matt? You want to hear a little nice scoop? I'll tell you a little nice scoop. Well, I, have a, scoop. I have a cousin who's a good buddy of mine. Uh, so I have a cousin who's a good buddy of mine. So his his uh, father-in-law is the doctor for McCheese's grandparents. Um, okay. And and he this guy's been watching Connor 
since he was 14, when he when he got exceptional status to go play. He's been watching him since his Marley's days. I don't know system Canada, the GTA channel. So I, I was a participant. There's many of us were. I wasn't in AAA, but I played I played some solid hockey as a kid. Um, I'm not too bad of a player. But um, McGee's, so McGee's played for the Marley's Marley's. And then he moved on to the OHL, got exceptional status. Um, McGee's was playing Erie. And uh, my 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 grandfather's patient when I was combined to my grandson's a good player. So you know, so so my uh, so my uh, my my cousin's father I was saying what I was saying is McGee's grandfather like okay he's the red house league. I don't know if you guys know you guys are really familiar with the term house league, like anybody can play. Yeah, any anyone can play in the house yeah. league. Um, yeah. Just be be careful, Mark. We are we are losing your connection a little bit here. I'm only getting pieces and, and whatnot. So I don't know if you've moved on us, but uh, your connection's getting a little spotty. Do you hear me now? Uh, yes, a little I bit. Hello. Yeah. It's we're better or not? We're not great still. We're, we're uh, better. You sound better. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so my so my my cousin's father-in-law was like, "All right, you know, I'm sure he's a pretty good little player." And, uh, sounds great. You know, I hope he good luck in the rest of his career. And I'm sure he's thinking to himself, "Like, okay, this guy's." Guys, nuts! He just guy talking about his grandkid being like a next superstar of the NHL. And then one yeah. day, my uh, my my uh, cousin's father-in-law comes in, and in and McGee's grandpa was sitting. He's like, "Hey, guess what? Bobby Bobby Orr's coming to see my grandson today." And and the guy's thinking to himself, "Like what? <laughs> like Bobby yeah. and his kids legit? I got his kid play." So he's been following him since Erie. Um, he got assigned. But Jesus signed something, give it to my his grandfather to give to the doctor. Like he's the family doctor for the McDavid's. And um, essentially, almost. Um, so he got like a he got like a signed a signed puck in the draft. Like he's, he was he's relatively close to the family. Unfortunately, David's grandfather passed away, but I think he's still close to the family in the. Ground. But uh, he always said that David's parents and his and his girlfriends from Toronto. And he always said like he always tells me he always says he thinks David's coming home. So how's that okay. incredible source? <laughs> okay, That's a scoop. Too too bad uh, you, had the, go, you had the the McJesus girlfriend drama we saw a month ago. Hey oh, because he actually <laughs> wants to get kicked out of Edmonton to come home to Arizona where all the superstars are gone. Uh, okay. <laughs> by the way, by the way, by the way, him and 34, 97 and 34 were in the ice den last summer. I don't know if you remember. Oh yeah. I know I know thirty four is always here. I, I think he still has a I, yeah. I think he bought a house out here because yeah, yeah. all his family is still he's here. He's a good time, yeah, sure. Thirty four's house. He's got a house there. Um I think well Cutter Goche is a local boy. Um okay, I was gonna tell you this I said I told you before the pod. So I have a buddy who played for the junior Yotes. Uh mm-hmm. like his his uh like um he played for he played with Josh Dome. He played with Matthew Nyes, like he played with these boys. Yeah. Like these are his boys, like these are his good friends. He He's a defenseman on that team. He's a he was a great player. Um, yeah, he was a great player. He was he was great. Um, I think he's a, he, yeah he's a, a, who's his uh, I forgot it uh, his coach. I forgot who his coach was one of the one of the former Yotes players. I forgot who it was. Uh, let me think. You can get back to this. But anyway, the, like a something nice a coach there. Yeah, McCulloch. Yeah, was it? Yeah, he's actually a former leader. Doesn't McCulloch? There's a couple former Coyotes yeah. that are that are coaches. I know Z's one. Uh, I give think. me. Uh, is uh, Brad coaching or is he just sticking around? 
I I think he's just sticking around. Morris is is a coach. Uh, Derek Morris. Um, I might be Derek Morris. It might be Derek, but I think yeah, for sure. I I know there's um, another forward. I don't remember his name. I've drawn a blank on his name. There's also Matt uh, Schott, who doesn't he isn't a part of the oh, Coyotes, but they yeah, they, sure. you know that was a really emotional story. Matt Schott yeah. was the man. He was the man. We love Matt Schott. Um, Coach was. Darn it. Yeah, anyway, whatever. I, so I just want to get on this point. Like, I live in Toronto, yeah? Center of the hockey universe. So, like, I play I play my hockey. I have, a, I have a good coach. I love my coach. Um, it's great. He's awesome. We play. We have a good team. Good squad of guys. And, like, it's nice and it's beautiful. And, you know, we've rinks everywhere. And we have the ODRs, the ODRs. It's amazing. Hockey's much more accessible. One of the benefits of playing in a smaller market is having guys like Derek Morris, having guys like Neil, having guys well, like Shane doing. I, I hate to interrupt you, you Mark. You're you're starting to cut back out again. I'm sorry, said, my sir. I feel, I'm sorry, guys. But yeah, you're sorry. Right. An hour yeah, and you're talking about it's good to have guys like Demo, guys like Donor, and Daniel Briere. You have all these guys around as coaches, and yeah. like they're. They're just there, like you know, it's like a smaller market, so you can access that much easier. And they're, they're, you know, I'm not saying that the guys in Toronto, but like they're just, they're just there around, and, and you know, they love to share their thoughts on the game and help you out. And that's the beauty of being in a small market. Um, you can have Shane Jones coaching your minor hockey team. Yeah, like, um, you, you couldn't really have that in Toronto, like in general. Exactly. Like, in general, you couldn't have like a legend dude, dude, coaching, you know, kids. Dude, you have the. Mo- if you have a Marley, you have any Marleys like Rich Kuhn, the captain of the Marleys, he's recognized on the street. Everybody from the OHL up is recognized on the street. Like I'm the Marleys, talking that's like the AHL team, right? Yeah, the Marleys are a farm team. Yeah, they're like they're mm-hmm. the equivalent to the Tucson Road, the Tucson Roadrunners. Like mm-hmm. these guys, anybody, anybody, like like guys, like David Ayers is a hero, is a local hero here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah, like these guys. Well, not not to insult, I actually. I actually unironically mean that. Like, I'm sure that's actually a really cool story. Like, hometown yeah, guy exactly. gets to play no, against no, his favorite team. Single-handedly beat his favorite team as Not a 42-year-old man. If you go back and watch that game, if you, if you go back and watch that game, the Canes played an unreal defense in front of him. But it does not uh, matter because he still beat the Leafs, and I think it's funny. <laughs> you obviously hate Adam Wilde and Steve Dangle. Shout out to my Daniel. I, I, I love Dangle. I've been watching Dangle for like six years. I watched him when he was like, when he had like 10,000 subscribers, I was one of those. Like I got all my boys into him and yeah. I loved him. And now he's like, he's, he's, he's now he's like a little too official. I don't like his, like he's not as genuine anymore because he's really sponsors and he's got so yeah. much work. He does for Sportsnet. Sportsnet's like the uh, Canadian hockey company. But I, yeah. I like, yeah, I'm, I'm a, like, I love Dangle. I love Jesse. Like, they're great guys. And uh, I know they don't want the yacht, so Matt's gonna be upset about that one. Yeah, so, yeah, I, they, they can sit and spin for me. But, <laughs> but like real talk, like, like it's just it's it's wild. Like, yeah, like the David Ayer story is just that's that's why hockey's the greatest. Like, you just don't have that in sports. It's like, yeah, like what? Like, it, you just don't, you just don't have that. It's and you know Scott Foster, David Ayers, these guys are all much. David Ayers, I, I've been to these practice before. The team play practice, you get their picture with. The boys, you know, you get a picture with some of the players and you get a picture with some of the You see David Ayers doing the Zamboni there. Like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> He's the driver. <laughs> yeah. 
Is he wow. is he still oh, driving yeah. there? Is that is that what you were saying? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's great. He's great. All um, right, he's boys. Let me rein you guys in because I already I can hear the conversations. I can hear Richard in my head being like, "I'm gonna slap you for this episode being so long." Listen, <laughs> is there anything else? Any closing thoughts? Any last thing you just need to talk about, or can we tell you to get the f out of our podcast? Uh, jokes aside jokes aside Um, mark we uh we we try to keep them around to the hour mark and we're hitting the hour 40 mark which is fine i'm not against it i I think we're having some really great productive conversation here but uh just to let you know what what matt's talking about here (laughs) listen i'm good guys i'm i I I'm sorry. Uh, I feel terrible. If I would have known, I for sure would have. never apologize. This was fun. Yeah. All right. It's just Richard's going to hate you a little bit in the back of his mind. For no, the editing, I'm not. But he'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, if you guys, any last points, you, uh, Richard, you want to bring up that we didn't hit on yet or I'm saying anything else? Any little, any other things? I, I do have something. I, I just wanted to um, toss out there because you may not have heard. Uh uh, Maddie Knives and Josh Doan are actually running a camp here in Arizona, and they're going to be trying to consistently do it where um, they're trying to help little kids out and teach them. Um, so I thought that was a really cool story that, you know, obviously him being a prospect for for the, uh, uh, oh, my goodness, for Toronto, uh, the for the Leafs. I, I don't know why I wanted this. I looked at your picture and wanted to say Blue Jays, and I was like, nope, nope, that's yeah, not it. That's yeah, not it. But... Shout out to my Jays who are up one now, top eight. We're rolling. We won nine in the last eleven. As usual. <laughs> hey, by the <laughs> way, good good game for Alta Tree. I'm so I don't yeah. want to talk that about it. I'm sad. I'm sad by it. it, it I, I get me. that. You know what? That works. <laughs> you gotta retool. But anyway, okay. You know what? what? Richard, you banged him right on the hammer. First of all, first of all, yeah. Matthew, Matt and I, the kid's a wagon and a half. Kid's a wagon. Oh, yeah. He's a he's a wagon. He's in, yeah. I'm very excited about it. like Kyle Dubis. His draft, his his drafts are starting to come to fruition a little bit, and like it's yep. it's uh, it, it's looking nice. But and so is Donor. Donor's great. Donor looks great. Everyone last year was like, oh, Yotes reached for him. He could have been a third round pick. Kid looks like he's starting to have what a good rookie year he had at ASU. He was yep. great, um, and I'm very excited about him too. It's, it's gonna be good to see Donor another Donor in another Yotes jersey, in in very God willing, a new arena which we're all playing for. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you and, go. Maddie's already on the K. But um, talk, real talk, like that's a beautiful thing. Like that's something that Toronto, you see it, but these things are sold out in three seconds, and you're on the waiting list for six years. Like yep. that's amazing. And I'm sure Cutter Gauthier gives back. And I'm the Kachucks. I know the Kachucks reside in St. Louis, but yes. I, I'm, I know they're in the summer a lot. And and let's give a shout out to our boy. Let's give a shout out to our boy Biz Spitting Chicklets. Legend. <laughs> the legend himself, Mr. Yeah. Stonehands, turning his career into a coyote's propagandist. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> you love that. You love that. He's, he is he is the man. Yeah. I I do appreciate yeah. uh Biz. Uh one last thing I was gonna say about the the um uh teaching kids here. Uh this might be something that you don't hear because uh, you're so far away, but um th- I want to once again, I want to spread this message of Arizona to everybody, including our neighbors to the north. Uh, Arizona has recently, in the past five years, become just an absolute hotbed for hockey. We see some of these guys starting to come to fruition, like the ones you were just talking about. 
Uh, Arizona is, like you were talking about, how camps are filling out in four seconds up in Toronto. It, it's becoming that way here in Arizona as well. Um, five years ago, a camp would take a week to imagine. fill out. And now it, it they fall, fill out in four minutes. Like, that's not a... That's not hyperbole. That's right. exactly like they are filling out quickly. And that's why that's why Bettman wants to keep hockey in Arizona, because the fruits of his labor from moving them here in 96 is finally starting to pay tribute. I was born in 96. Myron fact, I was born in 96 and um, my income is now just coming online for the Coyotes. Right. That's the fruit of labor. That's what how you get these dedicated season ticket holders. You know, the joke is here um, with, oh, goodness, DeFranco, I think his name is, with the meme with the noose around his neck, first time, question mark. You know, like, what well, us fans, we've been, we've been through it for a hell of a long time, and if we're not gone yet, we're not going to be going anytime soon. So... That you can't kill us. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys are relentless. You guys are absolutely <laughs> relentless. Honestly, it's, it's, that's why we are I'm the best you, Arizona Coyotes podcast. Oh, <laughs> that's a hot take. <laughs> hot take. Hot. You hey, got the AZ Sports guy, the number one. <laughs> like nobody that will never get recognized ever, unless he's at a Rattlers game or at GameStop for some reason. <laughs> I, I have one more I thing can't. I wanted to talk about while you're still on here. I just uh, I will always claim Maddie Kachuk because he was born here. I know him and Brady both grew up in St. Louis. Brady, you know, born in St. Louis, whatever. It doesn't really matter. I, I just I want anytime we ha- you are conversing with anti Coyotes Canadian fans. I want you to look at them and say, okay, then how come our best player and our best prospect are from Arizona? You're you're cutting out real bad. Sorry, what did you say there, Mark? We missed it. You hear me now? Yeah, uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying, Maddie. That's trust me. I say that. Um, by the way, I'm sorry for the comments, but yeah, Maddie, I I, I say right. that. Trust me, I know. I'm familiar. I got my buddy, my buddy from Arizona, play play for the junior outs. Like I was saying, I gotta get his, his coach's name. I forgot which one it was. It's actually very frustrating. Oh, one second. What? Okay. I got it. Who was, okay, the assistant general manager that was a player for a while for us, who was let go by Billy. Who was it? Sullivan. Steve Sullivan? Steve Sullivan. Steve Sullivan's still here in Arizona? Steve Sullivan. Steve yeah. Sullivan was the U16 junior Oats coach. That's who it was. And that's yeah. when I was like to him. I said, my buddy's name, his name is Ben. I'm like, hey, Ben, you got Steve Sullivan as your coach. Like, that's an unbelievable thing. That's the beauty of the small market. That's why, mm. like, if I, you know, if I was, if I was, if I was, if I was, you know, if, I, if my kid was a hockey prodigy and I wanted to raise him, and you know, I'd probably make sure he was born a Canadian just so we can play for us in, in the Olympics and World Juniors. <laughs> but after that, move to Arizona, right to San Luis, where he can get these guys like the Kachuk brothers who are coaching these kids. Like it's an unbelievable thing. Like you're getting like the top of the line here. Um, yep. It's it's unbelievable, and that's why again, again, that's just again. I'm not. And I'm not. Trust me, us in Canada, like we have some unbelievable problems. And, don't get me wrong. You have, you have kids. You have families like the Hughes family who literally moved here just so their kids can, which is which is which pisses me off a lot. You know, the Hughes lived here, like Jack and Luke and Quinn. These kids lived here till they're eighteen years old. They just were officially born in the states. They are Canadian, mm-hmm. and their nationality is probably they lived in Canada more in their life. And especially Quinn, who now plays for Vancouver. Like these kids, they literally grew up here. They played in the GHL, exactly where I played. Obviously, a much higher division, and um, they just they just. <laughs> they play for the states after all their development 
after all we gave him. But when you have the luxury of having guys like Steve Sullivan and Derek Morris and, and obviously donors walking around, you know, the Oaks facilities and stuff, it's just can't take that for granted. And it's, it's, that's, that's, that's definitely a definitive advantage. You know oh, what, yeah. Mike, sh- shut the hell up. You're, you're, you're making, you're making it hard to hate Canada blindly. Just, just stop. <laughs> just go, go do your yoga or whatever people you do at camp. You're I, not, I, don't, I don't know. What you're doing putting camp. a face to Canada. Play you're, you're, you're not it's letting not, Matt it's, dehumanize it's funny, you. It's funner to, to hate you when I don't see you. So I can yeah. be like, I'm just envisioning like, like the drunk 45 year old Canadian guy that could have gone pro if he didn't have a bum knee. And it's like Arizona doesn't deserve a hockey team because, oh my God, they're sharing with a, a college arena. Not like the Boston Bruins did it before. Not like uh, Quebec had to share with a, a minor team. Not like Ottawa had to share with a minor team at one point. Jose. Yada, yada. <laughs> yep. Anyway, yeah, so that's right. Just a quick question. Uh, what are they going to do with the, the facility, the annex they're building? What are they going to do when we uh, when we move into a Tempe, got one? Yes, Even it keeps it. It's part yep. of the agreement. Twenty million dollars down oh, the drain, true. just for four years. Yep. But remember, Marillo doesn't have the money, Richard. <laughs> yeah, Marillo, Marillo. <laughs> yeah, Marillo doesn't Katie's have the drag. money, obviously. Anyway, <laughs> is it? Is it supposed to be a nice facility? Yeah. Uh, it, it's there. Like I said, the, the frame I, is already built up. Craig Morgan posted on Twitter. It's supposed to be what locker rooms, medical facilities, and like there's like, is it a workout area or is it like a uh, little smaller than that? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure there will be, I think, a workout facility there uh, for the away teams because the away teams generally will scrimmage in buildings and, and whatnot, you know, the day before. I believe there will be that. And then I believe that the top floor is like office type stuff. I think there's like some of the I, I think that's if I were to guess, it's probably where they're going to put all the Toronto stuff, right? Like calling back to the league ah. and, and getting all that stuff taken care of. All right. Anything else for G boys? I just wanted to shove in uh, some Canadian fans' faces at a uh, your best player and prospector Arizona boys. So sit, all right. spin. That's all I got. All right. So- I, I I got a I got one last quick one here, Mark. Before we, oh, we leave here, Matt. we're gonna keep him. Okay, I was about to. I was literally about to ask you, Mark. Is Matthews leaving, or is he coming, or is he staying there, or is he coming home? But okay, this is the uh, million dollar question. Um, yeah. I want to try to make this as short as, short as possible. Okay. okay, so when it comes to Poppy, the situation is like this. He's unique. He's different. He's different than most hockey players. Look at the best hockey player from this generation. Obviously, the first guy that comes to mind, he wins. He's, he's, you know, he's, a, he's a true Canadian citizen, does everything right, does everything with a smile. The nicest guy stops for every picture and every autograph. He stays with his team. He's loyal, takes hometown discounts, doesn't dress. You know, he's not such a casual dresser, he's more formal, he's a good-looking dude, wears a nice suit, you know what I mean? You don't see that with Matthews. Like, Matthews is a cooler guy, like, staying out, like, staying out with J-Beebs, you know what I mean? And he, yeah. he's he got his boys off the ice, and he, he does his own thing, and he, you know, he, he wears his own style of clothing, and the Leafs kind of relax their, 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 uh, their, their game day, their game day, like, their game day, uh, sorry, I'm just blanking out. The, Whatever, yeah, their formal day, clothing uh, attire, right? Yeah, their 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 clothing, their code, right? Their 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 dress code. Dress code, that, that yeah. Mm-hmm. Their dress code, like they they kind of relax it for 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 Austin because because like he, you know that's what he wanted. So he kind of he, he knows that he runs this franchise, 
and uh, he knows he knows he's gonna face him and Johnny Toronto and Barnes and you know and good squad here. But um, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you. A lot of people think it's 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 obvious that he's staying. A lot of people, like I'm nervous, and I'm not nervous for any team to pay him because I don't think that's what it is. But I am nervous if he stays. I, it's it's a deeper answer, unfortunately, because. I think okay. he knows deep down, and I think Martin knows, and I think Elon knows. They screwed this up. They took too much money. They looked at the other teams. Look at Tampa. These guys are making them so much less. Again, yes, you can argue state income tax is zero percent, but guess what? You have the guess what? You have the benefit of playing in the in the center of the hockey universe, where you're going to get endorsement deals from every company that meets you on the street and says hello. So yeah, maybe you're not making the same money when it comes to contracts. The endorsement deals are so much. That's the young people playing in Canada, in Canada specifically, and even more specifically, Toronto. Like, plus that bigger market opens you up to more so, like sponsors. It's not about the money. I'll say that. Like that. The only reason I, yeah, well, Toronto. You're talking about Toronto, right, Maddie? Yeah, it, it, it's such a big market. It yeah, opens up exactly. sponsorship potentials. Exactly. You could afford to take like, like I know people love Marner for his like, his production, and they hate him for the contract. But it's like Marner could have taken two and a half million less, and because of where he plays, he would still have. XYZ opportunity for uh, a skate exactly. sponsorship, glove sponsorship. Exactly what I'm here. saying. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What, exactly. We're on the same page with that. So at the end of the day, like you see with the drill, like the flames off and on. And you can tell when John, I don't know if you guys listen to his episode on Chicklets. Shout out to the Spin Chicklets again, the go to podcasts. No offense to us. <laughs> but, <laughs> I was uh, say, we're, we're the yeah. garbage spitting Chicklets. I'll take that. I'll take that. A hundred percent. I'll take that. But, um, no, but real talk, like Johnny said it, and you hear it in his voice, and you see it in the letter he wrote, and, and what he put in the, Calgary, uh, in the Calgary newspaper. He really loved it. He had a great time there. He was there for a while. He adores the fans. The fans adored him. Is it annoying that he didn't tell them a little earlier so they could maybe try to trade his rights for some asset or some, of some sort? Yes. Yeah. But he said it so genuinely. He said he did not know. He was stuck. He didn't know yeah. what to do. He wanted, he wanted to go closer to home. But at the same time, he loved he loved playing in Canada. He loved being the guy, and yeah, it was it was quite crazy that he chose Columbus. That was totally out of left field. But like, I just I get it. Like I I understand it. And like if Matthews would do that, I understand it. It's not the craziest thing to me in the world. If he went back to Arizona, will some fans be going crazy? Yes. But if he goes back to Arizona, no. Is it the craziest thing? No, I, I I understand it. We had the luxury of benefiting that from John Tavares. Tavares mm-hmm. loved New York. He adored the fans. He was the face of the franchise. They offered him just as much cash with an extra year. Tavares took less money from. He could have made so much. He could have made San Jose at one point. We would have offered him fifteen point nine, which is mind boggling. But yeah. like, he he just he wanted to go home. So either I think there's like a couple alternatives. Either he's like takes a little bit less because he sets. They say, okay, screw this. We're taking less money. We're going to build a team around us. We have some good prospects coming up. We can, we can, we can finally, the Leafs can finally have a good free agency. Either he's going to do that, or he's, I can see him going to Arizona. I can see it out. Again, I, I, I have no love for the Oaks, so I wouldn't mind. But I would be devastated because the Leafs are my team at heart, and I love the Leafs, and I consider myself to be one of the biggest Leaf fans in Toronto. But uh, I can see it. It's not out of the realm for me that that's something like that would happen. Um, but it's, it's, I, I know I'm like kind of carrying on with this. It just feels like it scares me to think about, but at the same time, it's definitely a reality. It's for sure a reality for me. 
Well, yeah, and on top of that, I mean, it it would be funny. I mean, it would be a great trolling uh, opportunity because right, the Leafs benefited I from agree. it with with Tavares, and then they uh, it it did not benefit them with Matthews going back to Arizona. Like that would be poetic, and like I would have a field day with that. So like, give me maximum chaos. I don't care if you give him fifteen million a year, and we never win a cup. We're not going to win a cup anyway because all my teams lose. So Austin, please. At least give me some you know mean potential. Be, you know what would be the cherry on top of all of that? Would be if, if 34 goes home and then 97 comes home. That would be wild. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be actually really cool. I will say that. That, that would, would be, be crazy. I, I, got, get, and I don't know if you saw. I don't, sorry, we go last thing quickly. And then I'm sorry, Richard. But You're all right. Yeah, 97 is at the least facility right now um, in the summer. He's training that. Okay. Oh. Oh. Yeah, he's been there with he's, he's you know he's with you know he's with new assistant general manager Jason Spezza. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah they, I didn't know yeah. that they moved Spezza into uh, AGM. Yeah, uh, Jason Spezza is the model leaf, by the way. We, we yeah, I, he's like he's the, he's, the, he's the man. Like how the guy was. I don't even want to get into it. He was just the man. He was the way he was producing and everything. Um, it was it was really unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Like so, Spezza's official. He's called the the special assistant GM to Kyle Dubas, okay. and he's with he's he, he trains with McDavid every day. And by the way, just a hot take, just so you guys can hear this here first. I believe Jason Spezza's Justin Williams. He's going to come back after the deadline just to get his a thousand points because he's six away, and then we're going to win the cup this year. Does that sound as a treat? He hasn't won a cup yet. No, he has a thousand. I that's a take. I could I could see that happening. That is um. That's an interesting take. I, I'll I'll give you that because he hasn't officially retired, so <clears throat> he right. could do that. Well, I think he has. No, I think he has. I, oh, he has. I don't know, like, and even if he has, retired, he, he came back. Exactly, and <laughs> yeah. Everybody, yeah, yeah. No, well, yeah, no, for sure. But even if he has, like, Justin Williams also formally retired. But I, I just, I have that feeling. He's that type of guy. Like the guys at the rink every day still in the summer. He's waking up at seven a.m. So like, if you're doing that, there's something up your sleeve. I think the Leafs. I'm sure you guys are aware. Like you can have a maximum of 50 players on NHL contracts on your roster. So yeah. I believe the Leafs are just trying to maximize that now. And after the deadline, I'm not sure if it subsides or you can be more flexible with your cap um, mm. heading into the playoffs. So maybe that's something. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So what was your last point, Richard? Um, I was just going to say real quick. I know we're, we're we keep dragging this this outro on. I'm sorry. I I'm sorry. no no no. no. It, it's all right. I'm doing the same thing. So don't don't apologize. I, I, I have to ask this question. Quick, quick answer. I know Canadians are different from New Yorkers. JT got booed when he went back home to Long Island. Do you see Johnny Hockey getting booed at his first game back in Alberta? Short answer is yes. Long answer is no. Okay. That's my. That's 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 the answer. I, I think. Like he 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 literally had a hundred like they were just like it's crazy that he left to think right him and Kachuk like two thirds of that line but yeah. they 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 fleeced the Panthers Bill Zito I don't know what he was thinking there on that trade yeah Ooh, that, was an amazing that was trade. wild unbelievable and also they have cap space now they're hot they're still trying to go after Naz even though I don't know if he wants to play there I think Naz is going to end up back in Colorado I think Eric Johnson's going to retire they're going to have they're they're open five and a half million in cash and they'll get it done. But we'll see. Um, could be not, but I think he wants to stay there. I think the, the longer it takes, the more likely. 
But I think Johnny Hockey gets, I think, Canadians at the end of the day, and we love our players. So I think he's going to get love. I think it's all love. I really do. I think there might be some fans that boo, but I think he's getting all love. I think he's getting all love, as, he's, as, 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 he's, as he deserves. Okay. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Uh, I, I like chaos, so I think he's going to get booed relentlessly, and it's going to start a rivalry. Well, <laughs> the the thing I the thing I worry about is I I do know that, aside from on the ice, Canadians are actually very nice people, but I do know that Alberta is more of a blue collar state, uh, sorry, a province, and um, uh, that that is something that worries me a little bit because like don't worry about that. By the way. Well. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just I try to keep it as correct as possible if I can. But Alberta's very, Alberta's very conservative. Yeah. So the thing that worries me is a lot of them probably have a really deep emotional connection to their players. They, it, it feels like conservative states and provinces in general have a kind of um, special bond for for like the working class player, right? Like here in Arizona, we love our working class players, whether it's. You know, Lawson Krauss or Ryan White back in the day I, when the Coyotes oh, were no good. Yes, yes. I love, by the way, I love Lawson Krauss. Oh, I love him. What a good yeah. player. What a good that player. Illustration's coming up and it's terrifying me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, sure. You're right. You're definitely right. But I, I really think so. I, I, like, I, okay. I think so. Yeah, All I right. really do. I don't, I, I, you can, I don't know. Like, again, not saying that Tavares didn't. And I'm sure Tavares was sad to leave the island. But, you heard it in Johnny Aki's voice on Chicklets. You heard it. You heard yeah. him. He was like, he was devastated that he left. He wasn't even sure why he left. In a way, obviously, he made the decision he wanted to live in Columbus. Players have raised about living there. But I don't know. I, I Listen, I love all Canadian teams other than Montreal and Ottawa. So um, I really, I root for everybody. I, you know, I love Canadian teams. I love when we do well. It's good for our markets, and it's good for the fans, and it's good for the game, always. But, like, it's just, it's amazing. Like, it's, it's, it's amazing how, how, how you, literally in a week they went from Gaudreau and Kachuk to now they have like Uyghur who's a stud of a defenseman. And With it, that it, mullet, dude. Oh my God. That thing oh, is legendary. What a stud, eh? What a stud and a half. Yeah. And he's great with the media. He's great with the media. Answers Gives good answers. Not one of those hockey answers. He gives good answers. And yep. Huberdeau is going to be like Lindholm's going to like go off for 50. I think they, they do need another top six winger and they know that. But I think like Toffoli's going to move up now. Like you have to remember that season Toffoli had in COVID year when, with the North Division. Yeah. Like it yeah. was a he was a wagon. Well, Connor, and, like, yeah, well to be fair, half half his goals no, came hey, on Matt, on Vancouver. Matt, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, for sure, Matt. Matt, that's a great point you just brought up. Connor Zary, Zary's another yeah. wagon and a half. That kid is sick. Yeah, and and also like Majapani is. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like I have a buddy who's I have a buddy who's good friends with Majapani, and he tells he tells me like the kid's the hardest worker you've ever seen in the offseason. And I'm yeah. like, yep, he's in the Zach Hyman. He's in the Zach Hyman boat. So. But I, I like what they're doing there. I always like when that battle of Roberto's got to be good, and Huberto's going to obviously enhance that now. He's going to rejuvenate that. I, I, for a second, I had a feeling maybe like Cali would tear it all down, get that, get the Alberta kid, Connor Bedard. Like I thought that was going to happen, and you know. But listen, they 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 got a team there, and and I think I really think they can use one more piece, another top six winger who can get them twenty five goals. Not to they don't need to replicate all of Kachuk and Gaudreau's points because I think that will just yeah. come by committee. I yep. think everybody getting better and all these young kids. But I right, listen, just to end this off. I don't think he's getting booed. I think he's getting all. The kid was great. Gave everything to that city he had. They would. I we. I thought they were gonna smoke the oil. Listen, we call him a Jesus for a reason. Yep. 
Yep, and Dreisaitl played on half a leg and still put up like three points a night. Yep, is crazy. Yeah, but honestly, honestly, like the MVP of that series. Okay, obviously, yeah, I, I, I am. I'm not. Listen, I, I, I Dreisaitl was a great player. I'm not as high on him as other people are, but like that time in like seven goals in that series in like six games or something. Like yeah. that was wild. Like he's just we love him. He's a homegrown star by us, you know. Toronto kid didn't make the NHL till he was 24. Didn't get drafted. Nothing. He okay. just worked. He just he's the model. He's the model. He's he's that he's that model blue collar player. Yep. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, dominate the end here. I'm gonna take over. I'm gonna I'm gonna wiggle we'll my nose. At, I'm gonna wiggle my <laughs> nose at one last point about uh, Calgary because I know we've got a lot to catch you up on and why I was so high on Calgary here. Uh, us Coyotes fans, we know about all about scoring by committee and committee and how having a goaltender is incredible for getting you deep into the playoffs. I still believe Markstrom is a really good goaltender in this league. And we witnessed firsthand in 2012 what an amazing goaltender can do for your team, uh, considering our top line sentiment at that time was Martin Hansel. Okay. And let, yeah, me, let, let you in a little secret. Martin Hansel's not a first line center. <laughs> Shout out to him, by the way. I feel bad about that injury. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. Was but... All right. So I'm going to end this podcast because I, I if we just keep going, it's just going to go on for another six hours and you got stuff to do I... at, at camp. Matt's got, I don't know. Do the American thing. Kick the Canadian out. I want to go play my children's trading card game tournament. I hate all of you. Get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right. Guys. Guys, thing before you go, uh? it wasn't like uh, I really appreciate you guys. You guys are the best. Thanks for responding to everything, and I had a pleasure. And I hope we can do this again. Like, yeah, yeah, thanks for your time. Yeah, you you actually do surprisingly no puck. Like I, said, I only watched that little bit of that one pod. I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't. Hey, think you're surprisingly, this hey, Matt, like, hey, surprisingly, yeah, surprisingly. Because remember, <laughs> you're a Toronto fan. How much can you know? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, guys thank right. you so much it was such a pleasure have a great day boys thank Later. you you too hey, Alrighty, peace. i'm i'm gonna call an end to this podcast i'm gonna say thank you so much for watching i didn't do my begging so i'm gonna get it in now like comment favorite subscribe yeah. Yeah. sorry about the bad service by the way sorry oh it's all right you're, you're <laughs> all right mark uh hopefully next time we'll See get you, you on a little bit more of a stable connection and so it'll be a little bit easier but I think for the most part, everybody got an understanding of what you're talking about. And there were some really good, really great points that we were able to bring up back and forth to each other. Uh, anyways, make sure to like, favorite, subscribe on all of your listening platforms, whether that's YouTube visually or audibly on whatever platform you're on, because we have on all the platforms. Click the links down below. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for watching. This was a long one. I think that's just how this how this podcast works. It's always the it's special. the donor special. There you go. It's the donor special. We brought on the Canadian kid for the Canadian episode, uh, Mr. Canada himself, Shane Doan. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.